Welcome to the Shelf Shedding Movie Show. I'm your host, Jason Dubray. And it doesn't feel like that long ago that I had Scott and Sheldon on. We were talking about uh, six movies. We each picked two from uh, celebrating last October's 31 Days of Horror Challenge for Funny February for 2023. We decided to go with a, back to the idea of a top 10. So we'll each give our, our 10 favorites. And then at the end of the show, we're each going to mention a movie that we watched during the month that we would uh, shed from our experience. Um, I think in some cases there's going to actually be literally shedding a movie and in, uh, in others it's going to be a little bit more figurative, I guess. So, um, But uh, welcome back, gentlemen. Thank you so much for uh, coming back to the show and being willing to, to sacrifice a few more hours of your life uh, for, <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> well, thanks for having us as always. Yeah, no, it's a good time. Yeah, there's worse worse things to do than and chat about movies and yeah absolutely um i mentioned before and i think it was very much the case but it was a little bit more the case early on in the challenge i think when we were recording the horror episode i was having a lot of trouble with this funny february i was watching movies every day but i wasn't enjoying a whole lot of them so i actually of the times we've done this this was my easiest top 10 um, I probably had, which is still a pretty good percentage, about 15 movies that were in contention. But uh, I, I came to my 10, choice of 10, uh, probably a few weeks ago, actually. So it, it was, this was the easiest list of it I've put together. But I don't know if that's because maybe half of them I wasn't, I was either okay with or my thumb would have been down. So um, how, was, how was the challenge this year for, uh, for the two of you? Sheldon, do you want to go first, or? Sure. Um, yeah. No, I, I I really enjoy these challenges. I always do, and and uh, since I've kind of started doing them, and comedy has always been sort of my favorite genre, um, kind of out of anything, you know. It it it's uh, it just always was sort of the genre that I was growing up with when I was really, really little and I got very used to it. And my dad always used to uh, love a good comedy. So that's, that's the majority of what we would watch when I was younger. So um, I really, I, I love the, uh, the funny uh, February. It's, it's one of my favorites for sure. That's a lot of alliteration there. <laughs> I'm a fan of alliteration. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan of alliteration too. Um, but no, it was great. I think I watched uh, more movies this challenge than any other one i would say um and it you know it, it's just uh it was almost addictive after you put one in you'd have to put in another and then another and then another and so i think i was around we we decided i think it was around 49 and a half <laughs> there was a, a halfer that sort of got stuck in there uh because it was a lego it was the lego challenge and uh, <laughs> yeah, right. the lego day challenge and some of those are a little bit shorter i don't know if what you could call what i watched a movie but uh uh, but yeah. it was great 28 days yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, what can i say you know on a, a day off i would uh, just sit there and watch movies pretty much all day and uh, i sort of have my own little mini thing going on too or i'm just doing some some a little bit of my own challenge so it kind of worked out that i could do both at the same time so that was that was awesome yeah, sometimes it helps you pick out a, a movie, hey, if it narrows it down a bit and you're looking at a stack of you know hundreds yep. or something. What should I watch tonight? Well, I'll... <laughs> how about this one? Yeah, the category uh, at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. Scott, how was this one for you? I, I, I like it. I, I think I 
the timing of February just seems like a, a good time to, I guess, not be so critical and just put on something and, and just laugh to it. I think maybe that's my my thing. I'm not really critical a whole lot. Like I'll, I'll laugh at something that's just stupid sometimes. And, uh, and just, this is just what I want. I'll, you know, critics don't like this movie. Nobody does, but it's light and it's goofy and it puts me in a good mood. Sometimes those are good. And sometimes, uh, you know, I want uh, a really good smart comedy as well, but uh, you're coming out of winter. Sometimes they're a little bit longer you know, in the prairies where we are. And uh, we're coming into spring now, but uh you know, February, it's just like, all right, that, that's enough. That's just lighting up, getting a good mood. Um, the, the 10 I, I picked out, it was, uh, like you, I they kind of came a little bit easy. The the order moved up and down. There's, uh, I think I had 12, and I had to cut two of them out, and it was, thinking, all right, which two should, which do I want to mention and maybe give a little shout-out to? But, uh, no, I, I had a good time with it. And I, I guess mentioning that not being critical part, this overlapped very much with Oscar season and I had my <laughs> Oscar movies. and so I'm in a very critical headspace yeah. that time when I'm looking at all, all the Oscar movies and making the decisions for my show but mixed in with these other comedies where maybe I'm being too critical and too hard on them because that's how I've trained myself at that particular season so that that might have maybe that's that's been the issue with the the funny February where I just have been uh, a little bit harder on, uh, uh, on these movies, but uh, yeah, not, not, not all 10 of the ones that I have are and some of them I think are actually despised by critics when they came out or maybe still to this day. Um, but they hit me on the right day. So, uh, and as we go along, there may be somewhere you're going to be wondering, or it's not a, like a full on comedy where it's like, it, there's comedic elements, but I don't know where it's a lot of different things. That seems to be the case with a lot of movies now. If I go to look for comedies on on a streaming service, I find there's a lot of really like not very funny or very like dark films on there. There isn't the like a National Lampoon's Vacation or something which is just purely purely fun and and and, and funny. Like it seems a lot of them now have to have a different kind of twist or a different type of edge with the modern movies here. So um, see how you two uh, feel about, about my list here. Um, one thing I, uh, I, that we haven't done before, because it, over the last couple of years, we have had some overlaps of, of choices. Um, one, of, uh, one of the things is if one of us mentions a movie and the other person or all three of us have that on our list in the Kind of a higher spot, then we'll maybe just uh, table it until um, we get to whoever has it as the highest ranked, and then we'll we'll talk about the movie there um, to avoid having kind of multiple conversations about the same movie. If that makes sense, yeah, sounds good. Sure. All right, okay, are, are we ready to do this? I hope so. <laughs> I think so, but you know what? I just uh, was just looking at when Sheldon mentioned how many movies he watched over the month. It made me kind of curious. I opened up because I keep like a little uh, you know, Facebook album of it. I started scrolling through, and I just looked at the list of movies I watched, and uh, 
and there's one on there like holy shit this belongs to my top 10 i gotta like do a last minute substitution <laughs> here because uh, there's no way i can do this list and not include this one but yeah. uh yeah. it's funny i know you're watching a lot of oscar movies and uh for me usually uh the oscars is just a list of movies i i haven't seen or have <laughs> little interest in but uh it depends on the year you know i get happy when kind of a more genre type movie gets uh mention there but i i could just imagine you watching something up for best picture and then the next night you have to watch jackass or something and you're like what's what's going on here but uh, yeah but so I, brain are trying to process things in different ways yeah so i did take a little bit of evil pleasure you know <laughs> watching you go through those uh ups and downs yeah i i got a was maybe the worst I've done in one of the challenges. I was one movie above the minimum. I had one night where I watched a second movie, but other than that, I, I just it was it turned into a, a very busy month for me. So I, um, I was not in uh, Sheldon's league at, at all with, uh, with with the challenge this time. So maybe <laughs> made the top ten choices easier than it would have uh, for you, Sheldon. I don't think you had as much uh, time on your hands as I did, unfortunately. <laughs> I, uh, I I tend to have a few more days where I, I sit there and I watch a toddler and uh, watch him destroy things. And <laughs> that's, no, that's, uh, that's busy. That's very busy and important work. Yeah. There. And, you know, and yeah, I was, I was doing this, but I was also, I had, I had other podcasts to prepare for and that kind of thing. So. Oh, for sure. No, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and yeah. you got so much on the go, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to watch that many movies. It really, it really is. Unless <laughs> uh, you're just sitting around absolutely doing nothing. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. Uh, I, I was going to go to Scott first, but I think Scott's still, tr still trying to get a figure it out. So <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll go, uh, Sheldon, Scott, then myself, and that's the rotation we'll we'll do then. Um, sure. Sheldon, if you're if you're feeling good about your list and you're mm -hmm. ready to go, you know the thing about it is, and I don't know, maybe Scott sort of um, could agree with this too. Like there were so many, like he's having his last minute changes too. Like there's so many movies that I watched, like uh, you know, almost fifty movies, uh, whatever you want to call it. So uh, there were so many that could have gone on the list, and I don't know, it was it was kind of. I didn't have as easy of a time, I don't think, as you, Jason, did. But uh, it, uh, you know, I could make, I could make two, three lists. You know, you know. Um, you had, but it, you had a lot to, you had a lot to choose from. So exactly, yeah, it makes it tough. Yeah. So anyway, um, it's not necessarily like my tenth, I don't know, uh, favorite movie that I watched, um, but it's it's one that I would like to mention, and I mentioned first. Usually, is is always is. Uh, Good morning, Vietnam. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He's entered the demilitarized zone. Good morning, Vietnam! Wow! I Time to rocket from the Delta to the DMZ. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God. It's Mr. Leo. You know, this whole camouflage thing for me doesn't work very well. Why is that? Well, because you go in the jungle, I can't see you. If you're going to fight, clash. That is not what we program here. Surprise, surprise, surprise. You are not funny. <laughs> you're not going to last long here. Boy, do I have a surprise for you. Good morning, Vietnam. In 1965, Adrian Cronauer was sent to do the impossible. I was sent here on very strict orders from a colonel. What the hell's going on here? His mission? To build morale. Where are you from? Off of uh, Cleveland, man. Obviously, Vietnam's not that much of a change for you. His strategy? 
keep them laughing. If someone is not telling the truth, you say that they are full of... His problem? Staying out of trouble. You ought to stick to playing normal modes of music. Jim Neighbors, Malavani. Percy Faith. Percy Faith, good! Yeah! He did a very off-color parody of former VP Nixon. Seeing as how the VP is such a VIP, shouldn't we keep the PC on the QT? Because if it leaks to the VC, you can end up an MIA, and then we'd all be put on KP. <laughs> Sir, the man is a walking keg of dynamite. He's read unofficial news. Ethel Merman jams Russian radar. Hello! What's he going to be like in six months? Big dogs landing on my face. What's he going to be like when he's ten times as popular? <laughs> What's the weather like out there? It's hot. Damn hot. Hot and wet. That's nice if you're with a lady, but it ain't no good if you're in the jungle. Touchstone Pictures presents Robin Williams as Airman Adrian Cronauer, the wrong person. Very attractive man, ever so. Don't think I haven't noticed. In the wrong place. This will not look good on a resume! At the right time. Good morning, Vietnam! What a country. Heat, humidity, terrorism. Still, it's better than New York in the summertime. It's is one of the first ones that... I, I like to mention because I it was the first movie I ever watched in a theater. Wow. <laughs> in yeah, in, in I think I don't know if I put that on. I don't think I did put that on my Facebook post. I, I think I was, you saw that. Yeah, yeah. I might have. Yeah, and uh, I was in Edmonton and uh, at the the West Edmonton Mall, and that was the first. And so 1987, that was the first movie I ever watched in a theater, and uh, I still remember it. Like you know, I remember it. I would have been. Oh, geez, to date myself, I would have been very little at the time. I would have been only, uh, you know, uh, maybe four or five years old, um, you know, and I remember it, though it was yesterday. I remember being in the theater. I remember watching the movie, um, and it's probably not an appropriate movie for someone of that age, but uh, that's uh, that's what I did when I was younger. I went to inappropriate movies, and... <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's uh, shaped who I am, I guess. But uh, it's a great show. Um, I love Robin Williams. You know, I, I think he's one of the greatest actors, uh, period, uh, ever. You know, and uh, there's so many, uh, so many good uh, cast members in this movie. It's it's hard not to enjoy it, and it's it's it, comical because of Robin Williams and kind of his character and who he is. Um, but also you have such a seriousness to it based on, you know, what it's, uh, it's about basically in the, in the Vietnam war. Um, so you have a lot of drama at the same time. And, and that's something that I always thought fit into Robin Williams, uh, wheelhouse, so to speak, uh, very well. Um, he could always switch between comedy and drama, like very few actors can like in, yeah, so in, in the degree of perfection that he can do it. Right. And so it just makes it absolutely captivating for me and also added to the nostalgia factor, it being the first movie I ever saw in a theater. Um, but, you know, there's tons, like you could mention Forrest uh, Whitaker, there's there's tons. Uh, Bruno Kirby, you know, he always makes me laugh, uh, actually, in that movie. I really enjoy his performance as the, I believe he's a sergeant in that movie or something like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, he always makes me laugh. He's he plays that character very well. Um, but you could go on and on um, about it. But uh, it's just a very very 
it's a touching movie to watch. It's, uh, you know, it'll, it'll touch your heart, but it'll make you, uh, chuckle at the same time. It'll, it'll hurt your stomach laughing and you'll, you'll, it'll hurt your heart at the same time. Uh, cause it is, I think very cinematically just very beautiful. Um, but of course it's, you know, about a serious, uh, moment in history and, uh, you know, moments that seem to, uh, unfortunately come back around a lot, but, uh, I don't know. Did you guys uh, have it? I don't know. Something to. Did I, you? I think it's a great choice. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that was the movie which kind of announced Robin Williams as a, a semi serious actor. It was his first Oscar nomination. Right. And uh, people were blown away by what he could do. And after that, I think he was given more serious material to look at because of that film and the fact that a great director, Barry Levinson, uh, of course uh, believed in him and they worked together a few times after this so yeah of okay. course yeah you, yeah it's good to absolutely and it, it seems some directors and some actors just get along very well and, and work well together and it seems like at least that's what happened on this movie it's 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 just yeah. uh it's one of the more perfect ones for me uh, that i've ever watched so. he, he he knew how to direct williams williams was hard to direct i think and not oh not i would imagine he was <laughs> yeah <laughs> you gotta um, contain that ball of energy somehow yes, yeah exactly people like uh levinson and peter weir and gus van sant and penny marshall people like that could get um the the, the other side out of him i think other directors would mm -hmm. oh i have robin williams i'm just gonna let him riff and that's what the movie is gonna be and sometimes that were those were the weaker films in his right. uh, uh filmography there so wonderful I think at the same time you got Robin Williams, you got to have those moments and they kind of balance that where it's like, uh, we have to let Robin Williams be Robin Williams. You have to have those scenes where just, okay, now you do your take and just go for a while. Uh, some of the best movies of his, you have those moments where nobody else could do that. I mean, he was such a unique talent in, uh, in what he could do, just his comedy and then how he would switch it, switch it to drama. And uh, in the same movie, he would, you'd laugh yourself to tears and then a scene later you feel so sympathetic and, uh, and, mm -hmm. and sad. And, uh, and it's, it's still, I mean, his death is one that really, uh, as far as celebrities, it, I mean, they pass all the time. We're not, we don't know them personally, but that one, it, it felt like a, a little daggerish. Um, yep. you know, we're still kind of robbed of, uh, of him making us smile. And, it choked uh, me up a little bit, you know, and you say, you know, it, it's you think about it and it's a person you don't know. And but you still, you know, you have obviously, uh, you know, uh, respect for for someone who's passed always. But uh, yeah, it's someone you don't know. So it, but uh, you feel like, you know, them, I guess, through their performance. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's uh, definitely. Yeah, I was I was pretty choked up that day. Uh, I, I, uh, I'll never forget that day because. I had literally, I, I just came back from my grandfather's funeral and then oh, I turned on my iPad and got the news. So that uh, makes it worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we may not understand we it because we don't know. There that was uh, kind of tough. We don't know his, the personal side of it. Yeah. And so why read the news and thinking, uh, yeah. how could someone that brings so much joy be so sad inside? And we can't understand that. And, uh, you know, the, the mental health thing really becomes a big thing. But, uh, no, that's a good choice. I, I got to see that movie again. I haven't seen it for a long time. Yeah. It's a gooder. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Scott, are, 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 is your listener controlled? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm good. I just, I had to pull one out now that, uh, you know, number 10 just became number 11 and we don't get to talk about it, but uh, 
maybe next, maybe next year. Um, I'm, I'm not going with any Oscar winner for my number 10, like uh, Sheldon did. Uh, I'm going just more, this is a simple Sunday kind of movie. Um, one that I had not seen in, in years and years. And I just kind of pulled it out uh, with Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn. It's called the out of towners. After 24 years of marriage, Henry and Nancy Clark were finally on their own. This is fantastic. Alone in the house. It was the perfect time for a change. Have you tried tying each other up with bamboo? No, actually, we used the club. Oh, the time. For a little visit to Manhattan. Great city, isn't it? New York is completely fogged in. We've been diverted to Boston. Where are the bags? They didn't come out. Are there any more bags up there? We were supposed to like That's not our bag! Oh. But now that they're going... Is this a 338 to New York? No, that is. They're going to regret it. We've got to find a car. Compact midsize or luxury? Uh, compact. We're all out of compacts. Midsize would be fine. We don't have any midsize vehicles either. All we have is one luxury sedan. You know, honey, they should really change their sign to, we have car. <laughs> now. We have arrived. This is beautiful. There's nothing more inviting. You seem to have a little financial problem with your credit card. Please come back when you have some money. Can't you just trust us? <laughs> more exciting. You might think we're insignificant out-of-towners from Ohio, but I happen to know what our rights are. Or more arresting. This can't be happening. We're taking ass. Than a little trip. <laughs> I know that you took a hallucinogenic in prison. This is the dawning of the age. We need to love more and learn to love the business. Come on, Nancy, let's do her. Paramount Pictures presents. John Cleese. Oh my God! He's dancing in ladies' clothes. Oh. The Out of Towners. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think it was what mid mid nineties. I want to say or oh, late nineties, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, it was it was just it was sometimes a comedy is is uh, the right day, the right time, and the right mood. And uh, I just sat down with my wife and. Uh, just really enjoyed it. I've always been a big Steve Martin fan, just his comedy and uh, what what he brings. He just brings a smile to me. And uh, for the first little while that I was watching it, I, I wasn't as into it. I felt like this is seeming like a, a less good planes, trains, and automobiles kind of. But uh, as it goes on, I just really uh, enjoyed just the – they paired up. They were a good pair together. John Cleese is a, a scene-stealing role as a – you know, hotel manager that likes to dress in women's clothing is, <laughs> but it's, it's light. It's, uh, you know, fairly PG and, uh, and it really made me laugh. And, uh, as, as it gets further in, Steve Martin really gets to just do the Steve Martin stuff and no one plays bitchy kind of as well as, uh, as Steve Martin when he uh, is allowed to. But, uh, there is a part later on when he gets, uh, accidentally drugged and, uh, from that moment on, my wife noticed at some point I, it just was tickling me on the inside. I had tears of, of just laughter and joy with it. And I thought because of that moment and she said, what's wrong with you? I said, I don't know. I'm just really, I'm just really in the mood for this right now. And uh, so I had to make the list. 
as yeah. I said, it's it's not going you know number you know top three or anything, but it's uh, it's one I kind of you know a lot of people maybe don't think about nowadays. Um, so I just wanted to give it a, a shout out. And I appreciate that because it's a little bit of a forgotten movie. For sure. uh, I, I saw it in theaters. I think I saw it the, the opening weekend because I'm an enormous fan of the original movie with uh, Jack Lemmon and Sandy Dennis, uh, written by Neil Simon. And uh, and so I was excited about this remake. And previously, Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn had great success with House Sitter. Uh, I, I guess this movie really didn't do well, unfortunately. And uh, Steve Martin afterwards said, well, it's too bad it didn't, it didn't do well. That means that I can't make another movie with Goldie Hawn. Um, <laughs> and I really like working with her. So, And that's, that's how the studio system uh, works, unfortunately. And having John Cleese in there was just, uh, that was an added bonus, which is not a character that has anything to do with the original. So they kind of made it their own. Um, I, I remember, you know, I I didn't like it as much as the original, but I, I still thought it was had some very funny moments. And that sequence you're talking about um, is 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 hysterical. And Steve Martin at his, at his best. So uh, I'm really happy that you're including that in the in this episode, Sheldon. Have you seen this version yeah. of the other Toners? Yeah, I have. Um, a long time ago, so it's from 1999. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It must have been shortly around that time. I think the last time I seen it, I haven't seen it in a very, very long time. Um, it's just like he, Jason said, sort of one of those uh, forgotten gems, sort of. Uh, that you find uh, it's, it's a good movie. I, I really remember enjoying it, but for some reason or another, I like, I don't own it and I haven't, uh, haven't sort of looked at it since. Um, but what can you say about Steve Martin? Uh, you know, like he's definitely one of those original actors um, that kind of stays with you. you. You know, you've kind of grown up with and watched all the movies. Like, of course he liked to, uh, uh, do a lot of sketch comedy and he does a lot of weird things steve martin he actually um he he, he uh plays the banjo i believe he's a banjo yeah. player yeah yeah he has a grammy i mean he is an accomplished it isn't just a oh no i know he is that's he is what i mean he's he's very good at it yes. yeah, yeah exactly and and uh you know so he's just such a career and such such an amazing talent to, to have in any movie like you mentioned all, any movie that he's been in um you know planes trains and automobiles for sure is always one that i think of but uh, there's there's tons of movies uh actually one of my favorite i'll just mention one uh that makes me always uh laugh when i think of steve martin is three amigos that one always mm -hmm. is an excellent we talked show. about it last year yeah yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, no, it's a great show, uh, The Towners. Uh, and I, I think it's just, it's always fun to watch Steve Martin. And, and you know, like he's always one of those actors that you just love watching. And, and that I think makes it enjoyable in itself, whether it's the best movie or not, you know, it's, it's just fun to watch. Yeah. He's a renaissance man. He also was an amazing playwright. Some of oh, his absolutely. plays are just outstanding. And a lot of people don't know that he is as accomplished a writer as he is. So. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. He's uh, he's awesome. So, you were worried about bringing up a, a non-Oscar nominee type of thing. So we we've gone from Good Morning Vietnam <laughs> to remake of the Outer Towners. Uh, mine comes from Rodney Dangerfield Day. <laughs> wow! Meet Wally Sparks. Mm -hmm.
you are cordially invited to a very special celebration. An exclusive event for the social elite. May I have your invitation, sir? All right, buddy, take that, all right? And get me some grateful partner. <laughs> it's Rodney Dangerfield. What a party. Looks like the unhappy hour. Hi, you come here often? Don't worry, honey, I'm not making a play for you. How do I this guy? Look Sorry. Good evening, sir. <laughs> Hi. Governor Preston, I'd like you to meet while we spark. Hey, Governor, how are you? Huh? You don't know how excited I am to meet you. <laughs> meet Wally Sparks. Wow. <laughs> oh, That's... wow. Yeah. That number 10 for me. Where do I, we go from here? Yeah, yeah. yeah I did, I remember the poster uh, from when I worked at the movie theater, and it's a movie that lasted two weeks in Saskatoon. I think it was <laughs> one week in first run. It ended up immediately at Rainbow before I, I I would blink or something. I had two shifts and it was gone. And I was always curious about it. And when Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield Day came up, I was looking for some options, and I saw it there. And I thought, well, I'm going to give this a day in court. And maybe because I had such low expectations for this movie, it, it was the right time, right place. Um, so Rodney Dangerfield's basically playing Wally Sparks, who's essentially a daytime uh, Jerry Springer type who does uh, exploitation and shock on his on his shows. And he's he's got the attention of uh, a conservative governor in uh, Georgia who wants to run for U.S. Senate. And as a stunt to try to keep his show alive, because it's been threatened to be canceled by the studio executive played by Burt Reynolds. That's <laughs> <laughs> just so much fun to see Burt Reynolds in this, this type of a role. He, uh, he, he decides to go and crash a party. He, he believes he's been invited to this party by the, the, the governor. And he thinks, oh, there's some potential here to get some uh, dirt on these people and, and use it to try to keep his show alive and get the ratings up. And then a whole set of other circumstances happen um, that lead him to be injured. And for reasons that only the movie would happen in this movie, he's convalescing in the governor's mansion. <laughs> well, uh, while all these other uh, subplots are, are going on and including the fact that the governor's son just absolutely loves Wally Sparks and is his assistant in, in getting away with all kinds of, uh, of, of uh, other um, issues. But uh, essentially Rodney Dangerfield, if you don't like his comedy, I think this would be a very painful movie to, to go through. <laughs> He's not really acting as much as he is walking around doing one-liners to everybody, every character that he meets. <laughs> I just, for whatever reason, because I'm losing all credibility as a movie critic as I talk about this, um, <laughs> I find those one-liners hilarious. Not all of them work, but he throws in hundreds of them mm -hmm. in the whatever 90-minute movie, uh, and some of them really land for me. So the fact that I'm watching, I'm, it's not really a great performance, 
but he's doing his stand-up thing in every scene. And then we're watching this other just ridiculous plot uh, carry on. And I, I think the other actors in the movie are sports because they some of them, they're made to look ridiculous. Um, and everything is silly, and everything kind of works out the way it's supposed to. And the villains are are found out, and 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 all these pieces work out. So, but the the, the reason to see it is because it's 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 like like the out of towners, a movie nobody talks about or thinks about anymore. And I think it's whether people decide that they really don't like it at all, they should just give it a chance. And shockingly, in this funny February, this is one that made my my list of ten there. So, uh, meet Wally Sparks is number ten. And, uh, yeah, I watched the same movie on that day actually, and this was the first time I I had seen it. But I, I I was a fan of Rodney Dangerfield growing up, just mostly his comedy. I had a few of his comedy albums and. Uh, and his shtick is it's the one-liners and he usually plays kind of a vulgar crass guy but you kind of root for him too even though he's he's a little rough but uh and if you're not a fan of his comedy you're 100 percent right you're you're not gonna it's like gonna this be because time. it's it's his comedy but that's most of his movies too where it's an excuse for him to you know just uh, play that character and uh, you know fix his tie a lot and say <laughs> But and this was one of his last movies. I mean, these were the last years of his life, pretty much. And so maybe people were just kind of sick of it, that it wasn't the 1980s anymore, so they didn't give it as, as much of a, a chance. This was 97 it was released. So uh, uh, I don't know. I think people should check it out and judge for themselves. And But, yeah, not for people who, if you can't stand Rodney Dangerfield, then stay away from uh, this movie. But <laughs> for me... I, I enjoyed it, so I don't know. I don't know what it says, but it's at number ten. It's not number one. So <laughs> something else I, I found interesting with that were uh, his friends is from the comedy world showing up in small yes. cameos too. Yeah, <laughs> I made note of that. Where yeah, I saw there's Bob Saget, Gilbert yes. Gottfried, and, you know, just small little uh, cameos. Uh, Tim Allen was in there, and uh, got a kick out of Tony Danza, especially because <laughs> of course. He shows up as a cab driver yeah. named named Tony, as he yeah. always has. He said, "Hey, how you doing, Tony?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was kind of like uh, my pick. It's it's a it was a Sunday afternoon kind of movie where you just kind of put it on and it's uh, light. You have some Snickers. It yeah, it, it is what it is. You know, have you seen it, Sheldon? Um, a long time ago too, as well. Yeah, that's another one that it's been forever. I think since I've seen it, but I have, I do remember. I always enjoyed uh, Rodney Dangerfield too, and like you say, you know, you either kind of like him or you you don't, you know. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know, he he's good at what he did, right? You know, and like you say with the one-liners, the one-liners were. Uh, just the best sometimes coming <laughs> from Rodney Dangerfield and you see it in every movie. Um, you know, I thought about, I think one of the movies I was going to watch this night was Caddyshack. You think about all the, and I think I did watch Caddyshack eventually throughout the month, but uh, I always remember him for that movie too, mm -hmm. as well. I, I think I chose a weird one this night uh, when you did the, the uh, Dangerfield uh, day, I guess it was, um, it was the Godson. And that was yeah, and that was just a weird one. I like I I bought that in a I think well like basically a grab sale sort of thing situation. I'd never ever uh, seen that before and watched that one. Wow, it it, it was uh, quite interesting. But but you know it's Dangerfield, uh, you know, and uh, that's that's uh, 
you either like him or or you hate him. And I don't know. I think he's good for a laugh sometimes. And definitely, I think he had a very good career. And I think he was a very talented stand-up comedian. Um, you know, and and definitely that kind of had to be a part of his sort of movie persona, I guess, as as a character of who he, he sort of portrayed. But uh, I, I, yeah, it's a fun movie. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. like to. I should watch it again because it's been such a long time. Yeah. Yeah. My 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 first my first impulse would have for that day would have been you'd be like really you'd be throwing things at me. It would have been Natural Born Killers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a very funny character. That's the no, no, but dark side of Roddy Dangerfield in that movie. So definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, number nine, Sheldon. Number nine. Um, this is sort of a newer movie, and um, like I said, it's not necessarily like my ninth favorite movie, but it's definitely maybe the one that would be uh, in and around that area for sure. Um. It's newer movie, and like I think Jason was sort of saying before, a lot of the stuff that's been coming out lately, especially I noticed um, on Netflix and a lot of streaming services, like some of it's okay, and then some of it's just garbage, to be quite honest. And so there, it, and I don't, I haven't enjoyed a newer movie in a long time, um, but this one I really enjoyed, uh, and I thought it was great. That was it's the unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, with with Nick Nick Cage, I well, don't know. I, I, I will add that uh, that that made my list as well. Okay, so we'll did it? Oh, okay. it that definitely did. It's a very okay. good choice. Yeah. That one and, I su- uh, I support your choice. Good, yeah. good. No, that's good. I I like that. Uh, no, for yeah. sure. I, so, I didn't mean to cut you off. I no, 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 no. I'm glad you did. I'm I'm glad yeah. you did. You know, because yeah, yeah it it uh, it was a great show. But uh, yeah. do you want me to just move? Yeah, I'll move on to the next one. No, no, we're we're gonna go to nine for Scott. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that that'll yeah. work. We'll just keep going oh. the rotation. Oh there. yeah, yeah. No, I, I, uh, the chance to talk about it though. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like Sorry. it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the thing is though, I I just put it a lot higher than on the list because it. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. Um, for, for my number nine, uh, it's one that, uh, maybe it would have been higher normally because this is one of my favorite comedies ever. But the fact is I, I watch this about yearly. So, uh, it's National Lampoon's Vacation. This summer, when you think vacation, think National Lampoon's Vacation. See the real America. Hey, underpants. Hey, yellow. <laughs> it's friendly. I'm okay. I'm okay. Don't you want to look at the Grand Canyon? It's educational. It's great. And most of all, it's fun. The dog went on the picnic basket. <laughs> Let Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Imogene Coca, Randy Quay, John Candy, and Christy Brinkley. Well, are you going to go for it? This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. Take you for a ride. This summer, when you think vacation, think National Lampoon's (laughs) Vacation. Better check under the hood. Now we're talking about the original 
trip to Wally World vacation yeah. on there. Um, and uh, that's one that uh, just because, you know, I, I, did, I thought I would love just to bring that one up again and just say what a, a treat that movie is for me. And that's one I saw in the theaters as a very uh, young person as well. Uh, one of my earlier comedies I've seen in the theater and, and it blew me away. And still to this day, this, the proper scenes that are supposed to make you laugh, make me laugh. And I'm along for the ride every time. Uh, Clark Griswold, what a character. I mean, there's so many times my, my wife, we're going on family trips and I, I think about Clark Griswold and what he wants to show his family, but <laughs> um She's saying, yeah, there's, there's sometimes where there's a little bit of him uh, in me when I go a little overboard trying to have the perfect family vacation. Um, I can't say enough. I mean, I'm sure everyone's seen that movie uh, countless times, but it's it remains one of my favorites. Yeah. And then you maybe recall on our show last year, it was my number two. So I fully right. support this choice. It is, uh, it is, to me, one of the great comedies of all time. So uh I'm glad you brought it up again. Maybe every year it will end up on on one of our lists here. I couldn't. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't remember what we talked about and what we didn't. But I thought uh, I got to throw it in. If it's watched in the month, I I have to. If I watched it again, it would be on my list. I I, I went on that vacation day. I went in a different direction just because I I I didn't want to uh, repeat myself there. So. You know, honestly, I, I don't know. I um, It's a great show. I, I love it. Um, and I love watching it. And I, I always love watching Chevy Chase, um, you know, especially in his earlier career. Uh, but uh, it's not, I don't know if I would call it my favorite vacation movie out of all of them. I don't know. It's it's great. And, and you know, like it's, it's, I think it's a better made movie than a lot of the other vacation movies, you know, like if you're considering everything, all the whole production and and everything like, and the script and the writing and the directing. And I think it's a better made movie than most of the other vacation movies. But for some reason, I always, I don't know. I enjoy some of the other ones um, more sometimes. And I don't know if it's just for certain things, like, like I was talking with Jason, I think with on this day, um, I was talking about European vacation and that scene when they're in Oktoberfest and they're dancing around and clapping and doing the, the, the whole the choreography that it would have taken. I would have loved to have been on the set that day and watched that happening. I, I think that would have been one of the funniest things in, in the world, uh, in, in my opinion. But, that is a good scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. They, they all have a moment like that, even like yeah. the ones that people forget about. They all have something which is really funny. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, all production and script and when things work, uh, I would argue the only other one is Christmas Vacation as far as kind of having the, the, the right pieces together. I mean, last For Christmas, sure. our, our family watched that and just laughed hysterically at it. And um, But, yeah, I... I I go back to National Lampoon's vacation time and time and time mm-hmm. again. Um, and uh, so I, I, it would be, it would be my favorite, but I, there, there's some colorful things in the, uh, in, in, in the later ones as well too. And I'm even a, a defender of the remake or reboot. It wasn't really a remake the reboot yeah. years ago. Um, just cause I, I like that franchise, but nothing beats the first time I saw National Lampoon's Vacation, and um, that that scene in the desert when he, you know, when they when they close the road, they put up a big <laughs> sign like this one. I, 
and the and the car flies off the cliff. The, oh, seeing God. that in the theater at uh, I can't remember how old I was, probably like twelve years old or something. But uh, I thought it was the greatest thing. Oh, and uh, you know, uh, you know, and Edna tied to the roof and her little funeral in the rain on the doorstep. I I, I just I this is the. It's the movie that made me a, a Chevy Chase fan, and uh, no matter what people say about him, it can't change my my opinion of him. He's uh, because of this movie. Yeah. He's a funny man. I you know, he's a very funny guy. And to this day, when he finally has his outburst, you know, his uh, f bomb riddled outburst in the car, uh, you know, the last day before they get to Wally World, it still gets me uh, misty from just laughing just how there's a little insanity with uh, Clark Griswold as well but <laughs> that's probably one of the best scenes I, I love that scene oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's, it's so good there's so many different moments there so great great choice there um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it again next year yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and well, that's you're fine up. yeah you're that's... Up for, for next year so <laughs> yeah uh, we'll, we'll go to my number nine and this was from the thought it was hilarious when I was young which I it almost gives the, the suggestion that I don't still find it hilarious, but maybe <laughs> I don't find it hilarious in the same way. I, I went with Mel Brooks' Spaceballs. There it is, Planet Druidian. And underneath the air shield, 10,000 years of fresh air. We must get through that air shield. We will, sir. Once we kidnap the princess, we can force her father, King Roland, to give us the combination to the air shield thereby destroying planet Druidia and saving planet Spaceball. Everybody got that? Spaceballs, the movie. Princess Vespa spaceship within range, sir. Good. What's going on? It's either the 4th of July or someone's trying to kill us. Now we will show her who is in charge of this galaxy. If you do not give me the combination to the air shield, Dr. Slotkin will give your daughter back her old nose. No! Only one man and his trusted companion can save planet Druidia from disaster. Okay, Eagle Five, coming in. Lone Star. First, they must learn the secrets of yoga. I am the keeper of a greater magic. The Force? No, the Schwartz. Avoid capture on a distant planet. Tell them to comb the desert, you hear me? Comb the desert! Found anything yet? We ain't found... Battle the entire Spaceball Army. My hair! He shot my hair! <laughs> and escape the clutches of Dark Helmet. I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Abandon ship, proceed to escape pods. What the hell's the matter with this seatbelt? When does this happen in the movie? Give me balls. Space Balls. The movie. Making faces at me under that thing. And may the Schwartz be with you. Oh, That's yeah. a good pick. That's yeah. a good pick. Um, I and I haven't seen it in years, and I remember it was it was my birthday party, 
and as I'm watching this, I'm like, there's, I mean, it's, it's not like good morning Vietnam or something, but, <laughs> but you know, the, uh, I, I was thinking I was still in the single digit age category and had like my friends from elementary school who were watching it. And I think there's a lot of stuff that, uh, that we just wouldn't have gotten, or I myself at least wouldn't have gotten, but I just found it so funny how ridiculous this ridiculous version of star Wars. And I was, mm-hmm. uh, people of my generation, a huge star Wars fan. So I, I enjoyed it um, because of that and the idea of Rick Moranis being the Darth Vader character. Um, <laughs> and, you know, this time around uh, watching uh, John Candy, as I, every time we watch John Candy, we, uh, we we miss him for sure. But he always gave his all to, you know, no matter what the material was. And I think he had pretty good material. Uh, Mel Brooks himself was was very funny. It was yogurt. <laughs> yeah, yogurt. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got such a kick out of that 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 bit there. But uh, yeah, he, he he threw in all of his usual Mel Brooks stuff. I, I wouldn't say this is my favorite Mel Brooks film, but it uh, it definitely belonged on the on the list. I was between a few other films, so I thought, how could I not have Spaceballs on this list? So it's number nine for me. Yeah, it's such a great film. You know, it's I don't know one of those ones. I I I have a few John Candy movies on on my list. Um, (laughs) Of course, yeah, clear, yeah. Well, I mean, during the month, I think you guys commented how many John Candy movies I watched because, uh, yeah, he's he's probably my favorite actor ever i guess you could say right um i thought you yeah. jfk that one day was a bit of a stretch though sheldon like, was... uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what he, he plays a really cool character in, in jfk i believe yeah, like he he re- really really cool character <laughs> and uh a lot of people actually they always reference that movie as like they're like wow i didn't know he could act like that and of course he can like oh, yeah. he was one of the best um it's i don't i don't like when i think of john candy movies though i wouldn't yes Spaceballs is it's john candy movie but it's not really a john candy movie there's so many other cast members and it's it, he's not the focus i wouldn't say i would say he's he's a co-star in it um with with a lot yeah. yeah supporting yeah yeah so um but uh definitely great show um love Spaceballs. like you say rick moranis that scene where he's got the giant helmet on and they go to <laughs> Uh, ludicrous speed and, yeah. <laughs> and they stop and he just goes straight to the oh man I, t- every time that happens I just lose it laughing there's so many parts of that movie that it, it's uh, it's a that's, very good comedy that scene will get my, my kids going to, and well, especially my daughter I find because we'll reference it when we're on the highway and they start yeah. driving faster and say alright let's go to ludicrous speed, ludicrous like, speed. dad we've gone to plaid <laughs> I'm, I'm not even sure still to this day what that means, but it's it's so funny that we still laugh every time. And I'll just throw this in, and it, they're gonna love it. Mel Brooks. <laughs> and that's one when, when uh, she started getting into Star Wars, and she said, "Okay, I'm I'm ready to. St- I wanted to watch all the Star Wars ones, so we watched the New Hope, Empire, and then Return of the Jedi." And she said, "Well, what about the rest?" And and uh, I was kind of hesitant before we got into the prequels. I said, "Well, no, those are the ones you need to see." And she said, "Well, no, there's more, right?" I said, "Oh, right. Okay. Here's the next one. It's called Spaceballs." And so that's <laughs> it's canon. Don't worry, it's part of it. Yeah. But uh, for someone, if if you like the Star Wars and you know that whole thing, there's a little tribute to Alien in there as well, and you know mm-hmm. Planet of the Apes, and you know all the that that type of movie. Then you get it's so much fun. 
Uh, for sure. Rick, Mor- Rick Moranis uh, makes me laugh in that movie so much. It's just such a an odd character to play the big bad villain, right? With his uh, diminutive size and <laughs> when he the, the scene with his uh, asshole gunman, it, one of my favorites. <laughs> I'm surrounded by assholes. Yeah, yeah. Keep firing assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great uh, dialogue there. That's that's one of the best I think ever, right there. But there's stuff like that, and there's clean stuff too. You know, like we're combing the desert. You know, like puns yeah. like that. So. <laughs> Yeah. Have you found anything? <laughs> found. Yeah, you know, it just there's so many good lines in there. And I forgot that Bill Pullman was the kind of the Han Solo character because I didn't know who he was when I was younger, and it's been a few years. And like again, he he became a little bit known, more known as a dramatic actor or some action movies and that kind of thing. He's very funny, uh, and I think some people over the years have forgotten that. And then went back. It's like seeing the young young Bill Pullman too. And um, yeah, so uh, Joan Rivers did a voice. Uh, he said John Hurt uh, with the alien thing playing himself too. Was, right. Yeah. yeah. Which I would have not, I, I didn't and watched alien when I was that young. So I, um, I wouldn't have got that at all. It would have been just some weird, weird random scene when I was a kid. But I, again, I, I remember enjoying it, and I enjoy it now. But again, as I said, I, I enjoy it in a different way, different way. Yeah. Than, than when I was little. So, yeah. One, one thing, you since you mentioned Bill Pullman, I, I just read this recently, just randomly. I didn't know this before, but apparently Mel Brooks uh, approached, was it George Lucas or, or something? He said he's making this movie. He wanted to have him play you know, a Han Solo-type character. And apparently there was uh, no problem with it, but he can't be you know, called Han Solo and can't look like him. And so instead, he dressed him like Indiana Jones, and uh, <laughs> and that's right. I looked at it after. I thought that's right. He does look exactly like yeah, Indiana Jones. But yeah, yeah that's a that's a fun movie. Another thing I always enjoyed was the tie-in with the merchandising. Yes. How, uh, you know, where are we? Let's put in Spaceballs the movie. Here's Spaceballs the blanket, and Spaceballs the lunchbox, and there. And that's where we were just in the late late eighties because the, the commercialism mm-hmm. and the toys became enormous. Uh, at that time, and like going back to like ET and and Star Wars and all those things, so it was a little bit of a uh, a satirical dig, but it was it was it was fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. clever. I like when they rewatch the movie too to try yeah. to see <laughs> to see where they are, what happens find next. Out, yeah, find out where to go. Yeah, <laughs> it was very uh, ambitious, very meta, kind of like uh, like the the end of uh, Blazing Saddles or some of the the yeah. meta stuff they would do there. So. Anyway, yeah, that's that's what I enjoyed. So I think we're on to number eight for you, Sheldon. Um, yeah, this one, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of an oddball, and I just I put it on the list because I more wanted to talk about it. But it is one of my one of my uh, uh, sort of favorite movies. But it's it's a different type of movie. Um, it's it's Fubar. As as it stands, Plan B is is just to keep on giving her. What exactly is that? Give her. You just you go out and you give her. Like you you work hard. That's what's that. Is that a plan? Yeah, that's a plan right there. We used to party a lot, but not so much anymore. So whatever, whenever we do get together, it's fucking awesome. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fucking 
babysit my fucking giant nut all day, you know, just fucking sit there and watch it and hope it doesn't fucking grow. You could die, do you understand? You could die. Actually, and this was, nice. yeah, this was for Canadian Day, uh, I believe it was Canadian Film Day, uh, and yeah, definitely. If if when I think of Canadian films, I don't know, this one just comes to mind always, and I don't know, maybe if that's because I was sort of, uh, you know, in my younger years, I guess when it came out, came out in two thousand two, I believe, yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I actually met these guys um, that do this movie, and and um, it's one of those movies. It was kind of like Trailer Park Boys for me at the time because, um, I, and I'm talking like the very first season of Trailer Park Boys, if you've ever watched uh, the series, because you couldn't tell for a while sometimes if it was real, like mm-hmm. if they were actually acting like this, and they were these were real people, um, or if it was all scripted, right? And like the first time I saw Fubar, I was for the first I don't know maybe twenty minutes. I, I was like, you know, is are these guys real? Like, is this you know is this the, some somebody's home movie? And yeah, uh, is this an actual documentary about these two guys that live in Calgary? <laughs> because I don't know, but uh, yeah, no, I actually met them. They came uh, to a pub one night where I, I didn't know they were going to be there, and I just showed up and. Uh, they were doing a karaoke night where they were going around to a bunch of pubs on, in Western Canada and they were uh, doing karaoke at all these little pubs. Um, and so, yeah, they would, they would sing like old eighties hair music and stuff like that. A uh, buddy of mine. And I sort of, I, I tried to assist, but I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I, I, I didn't actually take a lead uh, vocal uh on the song but but they all uh, were all sort of saying uh we're not gonna take it and uh you know and they were shotgunning beers and what <laughs> like one of the funniest things um i can't remember which one it was um obviously they're two guys they're they're actors that do this character um you know david lawrence i believe and paul spence uh canadian uh, i'm sure uh, from, from that area actors i believe mm-hmm. um and uh <laughs> they go to shotgun a beer and he doesn't have a key and so he called out the audience he was like does anybody have a key and uh somebody threw a set of keys at him he's like oh no he's like no this is a chef he's like you don't you can't use a chef he's like do you do you, do you have anybody's got a ford those are the best <laughs> but just the 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 care because they were in character the entire night when they were doing this karaoke thing and uh was one of the more memorable nights of my life. It was hilarious uh, to watch, um, but yeah, it's a great movie. It's it's in a documentary style. Um, it's it's very worth watching, uh, in my opinion. Um, just some some crazy things happen. Um, you know, the lead character, one of the lead characters, that both uh, one of the guys gets uh, sick, and there's there's sort of a a serious storyline to it at the same time. Um, but it's it's. <sighs> Sort of one of those things, like he 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 gets testicular uh, issues, uh, and and you know like it's just just a funny movie the entire way through, and um, 
I don't know. I I, I went and I, I saw the second one in the theater, and I, I don't know. <laughs> the, the The first one is definitely worth watching, uh, you know. But uh, after that, they they definitely took it to a new level. But I I always liked the original. <laughs> it was uh, it was a great show for me. I recall seeing the first one in one of those uh, smaller theaters because it had a small, you know, theatrical run in I'm sure just the Canadian markets and maybe especially Alberta being locally made. Um, but I fell in love with that and it just seemed like I knew these guys. I went to high school with these guys. I, yeah. I recognize <laughs> maybe not them specifically, but uh, <laughs> but I I know these guys. I've partied with them. Yeah, yeah but, for sure. Uh, you know, and it's always Pilsner, um, shotgunning yep. the Pilsner every time. And you're right. There's a moment where it gets serious for a second with the, with the cancer yeah. um, becoming part of it. And then you're like, oh, whoa, this is, you know, and yeah. then you stop laughing for a bit. And, uh, but uh, I, I really enjoy that. And once I, I was able to get that on DVD when I came out, I wanted to show that to everybody because I know a lot of people didn't hear, didn't know about it. And we're watching it saying, is this, is this an actual movie? He said, no, no, yeah. just, just watch it. This is real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing how they they create that effect for sure. You know, I, I thought I had seen this, but I I haven't seen Fubar. No, I, no, no. There's another another movie that, but yeah, no, I haven't seen Fubar, so uh, I'll have it, to check it out. It's worth checking out. You have to um, sort of keep an open mind when going into it because, like, it it's not like your normal sort of uh, comedy, right? but. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, like like Scott sort of said, you'll you'll recognize the characters definitely if if you uh, uh, have ever been to that region. <laughs> yeah, whether it was you or a friend, or maybe yeah. the other guys in the high school on the other side of the hallway, but you've definitely seen them around. Um, you know, they're your typical. You know, oh yeah, head headbanger characters exactly, right? sort of almost like a stock character in a way. Um, it's, it's sort of become like you see. Uh, I think it's Letterkenny. If you've ever watched Letterkenny, I, I think there's some very similar sort of characters in in that movie, and that's sort of become actually, I think, more of a stock uh, kind of character. But uh, these guys, I think, play it better than anybody else. Uh, I don't know. It, it sounds like this is Spinal Tap, but it makes the the band, this is Spinal Tap, sound like geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not the smartest guys, but... Uh, no, no. It's, it's, uh, there's a scene in there that really kind of was recognized from, from life. You know, they go camping as... Uh, yeah. As you do in the summer, you gather up the boys and go on a camping trip, and then they start shotgunning pilsners as soon as they get there. And <laughs> then it's dark out, they're hammered, and then they try and put up the tent. And that's just <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. Whenever I'd go camping with the guys back in those days, we'd say, all right, guys, we got to put up the tent first, and then we'll start. <laughs> One of them just ends up waking up in the morning. He used the tent as a sleeping bag, just laying there in the cold. <laughs> just can't figure it out. It's dark. But, right, but I've been there, and it's uh, I, I love FUBAR. I, I haven't thought about that one for a while. <laughs> number eight scott oh number eight number eight for me was uh on rip torn uh was the uh the category so i chose it gave me an excuse to watch him as patches o'halloran in oh, uh, yeah. in dodgeball There are those who are born to be champions. Here at Globo Gym, we're better than you. And we know it. And then there are these guys. You've got 30 days to make $50,000 for your gym. 
becomes my gym. Check it out. Cardio cowboy class. That's extremely heterosexual. It's not gay at all. Oh. If there was any way in the world we could raise $50,000. I got a great idea to raise the money. A car wash. I mean, what are the chances? Same day, right across the street. That's it, boy. Get in there nice and deep, like. Now, one team... We could play dodgeball. ...has never been... Okay. ...so challenged. They have a tournament in Las Vegas. The real team needs real uniforms. I hope they fit. <laughs> nice. to this year's Las Vegas International Dodgeball Open. Now there's a souvenir for a lucky fan. 20th Century Fox presents Vince Vaughn. I don't think I'll take my chances in the tournament. Yeah, you will take your chances. That's what I just said. Well, that's what I'm saying to you. Okay, I I'm not sure where you're going with this. Well, I'm not sure where you're going with this. All right. Touche. Ben Stiller. We should mate. What? I said we should date. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Christine Taylor. Good, clean family fun there, eh? Right you are. This summer, we will, we will rock you. Grab life by the ball. Dodgeball, a true underdog story. You can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What? That's the night I got to introduce, uh, introduce the kids to the sport of dodgeball. <laughs> Uh, that's still a fun movie with, uh, and I love Rip Torn's character in there. He kind of is the key to the whole thing to me. Uh, you know, the whole, if you could dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. That's the big line that everyone remembers, but that's a correct statement. <laughs> and one thing I really got out of this viewing was the sound design. Uh, the effect, that sound effect of wrench hitting a person in the face. In no way would it really sound like that, but because of the sound of that impact, you're, you can't help but laugh. And every time one of those red balls just bounces off of Justin Long's face or anybody's, <laughs> it's it's just a joy. Ben Stiller's <laughs> such a like a, a weird creep in it. And um, there's a lot of fun to be had in that still, I think. I need to revisit it. I when I saw it I don't think I liked it. I I, <laughs> well, yeah, I think a lot of people did. And, I it wasn't the bit and but it was ninety minutes of the bit, but I I like the actors in it, but I think I'm a little bit more open to enjoying life and, and, and enjoying a movie like this more than when I was, I, I think it was in the height of my uh, angry young man film critic phase there. So I uh, think I need to give it another day in court, but it's, uh, it's been years. I, uh, it was probably when it was first released on, on DVD or something that I saw it. People love that movie. It's uh it's considered a, a little bit of a classic. Sheldon, any thought? Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. So, so many uh, funny moments. You know, it, it, I think it's just um, one of those movies that that uh, you, you come back to, um, you know, for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't think I've seen it in a while. Actually, I'm trying to remember. It used to be on TV very often, and and like I own it, and I actually I think I own like three or four copies of it. I think I own it in every mm -hmm. like installment that it's come out in, and every version. There's there's unrated versions, and there's yeah. um you know, and and definitely, I I don't know, 
um, Rip Torn, it, I think, is my favorite part of that movie. Like, when, whenever I think of that movie and I think about quoting it or you're sitting around with your friends and you're kind of quoting that movie, just the, the Rip Torn part. He's, he's, he's got the most inappropriate lines. <laughs> yeah, and, uh... absolutely. Um, he does. <laughs> he really, really does. But, uh, you know, uh, often, uh, I don't know, so some of the things he say, says are just uh, absolutely hilarious. But I, I've always liked Rip Torn. Um, you know, he was one of my favorite uh, sort of comedic actors and, uh, uh, you know, like he, other movies he's been in, you know, like Men in Black and actually one of my favorite movies. And I don't know if anybody picked it. I think somebody watched it this month, but it wasn't me, um, was Down Periscope that he was in too. But he wasn't in that one for very long. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. There's a supporting role in Down Periscope. But. Yeah, supporting role. But I, I think he was a supporting role in, I think, a lot of his work. He but, was. Uh, yeah, but uh, he was very good at it. I, I think he was one of the best uh, sort of supporting characters. But uh, ah, Dodgeball, it, it's a great laugh. Like you say, there's there's so many funny parts to it. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, one of those ones uh, you can just kind of sit sit back and turn your brain off, I think. It's not a very complex uh, no, no, no. movie you know so uh it's an I, I every once in a while when it's on i would watch it it's one of those movies i think as jason mentioned with uh rodney dangerfield the same could kind of go with your what you think about ben stiller movies when he's doing just silly ben stiller type stuff yeah. like uh, right. zoolander and that kind of stuff if uh if you enjoy that, or if you don't enjoy that, then maybe this won't be your cup of tea. But uh, <laughs> one thing I do remember was the the game of dodgeball actually started to gain popularity after this movie yeah. uh, because people would talk about it and say, oh, that looks like so much fun. And, of course, there's so many silly rules with the tournament in Vegas that they go to to, <laughs> to save the gym. But yeah. uh, I know local pubs would start putting on dodgeball tournament or sponsoring things where it's say, hey, I come yeah. down into our – we're gonna have a dodgeball tournament. Bring your team of you know six people or whatever, and uh, the winner gets like a hundred dollar bar tab or something like that. But uh, it, it was like it's a, a real game. thing for a while. <laughs> and for me, it's just it all goes back to that ping sound of just that that red ball. It's just so familiar from your school days of that ball hitting you in the body. And, and you gotta always remember the five Ds of dodgeball, of course. That's right. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. And dodge, yeah. <laughs> it's very logical yeah. if, if you've ever played the game. <laughs> so I, I, I had a bit of a smooth transition into my great my <coughs> voice, but uh, it had to do with what Scott referred to with silly Ben Stiller and then more straight-laced Ben Stiller, and I'd probably lean a little bit more to straight-laced Ben Stiller. But my number eight choice came actually from the Matthew Broderick day, but I, I watched a movie, it was a first-time watch, called Tower Heist. The average apartment in the tower costs $5.6 million. We have the best views, most advanced security systems, but you know what these people are really buying? White neighbors? Us, the staff, to pay for our full and undivided attention seven days a week. And Enrique, one other thing. I may have my own private island in Belize, but deep down, I'm just in the story of boy like Josh here. That's right, PS-104. Go Lions. Just an hour ago, the tower's richest resident was released into federal custody under house arrest here at his penthouse apartment. Several years ago, he was asked to manage all of your pensions. Right now, they're saying that anyone who invested with Mr. Shaw has been defrauded. Did he get your money, too? Yeah. He did. If you need me, I'll be living in this box. All these guys keep cash close by, but we still haven't found Shaw's safety net. 20 million and change. 
So you're saying you want to rob Arthur Shaw? It's inside a building that has the most advanced security and is guarded by FBI agents 24 hours a day. We're not criminals. We don't know how to steal. Don't worry. I know someone who does. You made bail. How come you bail me out? Man, I don't even know your name. You don't remember Mrs. Salzburg? We used to get dropped off at her apartment every morning for daycare. Come on. Heavy set German woman, short goatee. You a little seizure boy that's having them seizures all the time. No. Yes. You would have seizures no. on a regular basis and all the kids would be crying. It's your eyes are rolling back and the foam and coming no, out. It was no. very scary. Asthma doesn't cause seizures. Why'd you bail me out? Because I have a job. Oh, little seizure boy won't try to rob somebody, huh? <laughs> what you trying to steal? $20 million. A robbery can change very quickly. You have to be ready to adapt to the situation at any moment. I got your ski hats. No, masks. I said ski masks. But the guy said these would keep us the warmest. Anything can happen. I was on a job a few days ago and my homie got shot in the face. Get shot in the head, it's over. If you get shot in your head, it's over. If you get shot in your face, the bullet will go in your cheek, then come out the other side. Then what you gonna do? Die. I'm gonna die. You people are working stiffs, clock punchers, easily replaced. I don't care what it takes, but we'll find a way to make things right. Yeah! The maid's gone rogue. You know this is a bad idea, right? That's it. I don't want you talking to me for the rest of the robbery. First thing you do, you gotta find the entry point. You gotta use your fingers when you find the entry point. You married? No, I ain't married. What's up? Come on and get it! Which has oh, yeah. an all-star cast of, uh, of great comedic actors. And essentially it's about um, Alan Alda plays basically a version of Donald Trump <laughs> with a modern reading of it lives in and they actually i could tell they used trump tower to shoot the exteriors for this movie in new york uh there's a bit of a scandal uh connected to him and ben stiller uh works at this trump tower where all these super rich people live and make sure that they're happy uh and supervises everybody but when he discovers that you know he uh he ends up losing his job and he discovers that uh, the employees have all been screwed over by this guy uh, because they've invested with him. Um, so there's a little bit of Bernie Madoff uh, mixed into uh, this character. Um, they come up with a plan to uh, get revenge and they um, need to get Eddie Murphy, who's uh, this master criminal, to help the team out. And... Uh, it's Eddie Murphy, Ben Stiller, Casey Affleck, and then Matthew Broderick, who is really playing this kind of uptight, nervous, uh, but incredibly uh, brilliant character. And he he used to work on Wall Street, uh, but he's kind of lost everything and he lives in this building, but he's about to be uh, evicted and he kind of joins, joins the team there. Um, Judd Hirsch is in it as uh, he's kind of Ben Stiller's higher up or... Um, manager as well uh it's it was way better than i expected it I, it was um i saw it on netflix i thought oh i'm gonna try to watch that, that's usually my goal is to watch something i haven't watched before and it's a solid action comedy <clears throat> and I, I we don't have many of those anymore i i i kind of miss miss those 
and I don't think and this is another one where I don't think a lot of people have seen this or remember this movie. It was, I remember it was a big marketing campaign and seeing all these stars together. Um, but then it, it kind of disappeared. Part of it might be uh, this director, Brett Ratner, who became one of the, the people that got called out for being a, uh, abusive on his, his movie sets and that kind of thing. He was a good buddy of, um, of Eddie Murphy. And there was a year that Eddie Murphy was going to host the Academy Awards and Brett Ratner was the producer. But when these accusations came out, they, they removed Brett Ratner as the producer and then Eddie Murphy went with him and, and didn't, uh, didn't host the Oscars, uh, that year. I think Billy Crystal came in at the last minute and, uh, and hosted, but, um, not not a lot to do with the film, but I just think it's a it's a really fun film uh, <clears throat> that would appeal to uh, a, a great number of people. If you're an action fan, if you're a comedy fan, if you're a fan of these actors, they they're all doing a great job, and so I, I just found it to be just a solid movie altogether. And uh, so I wanted to uh, highlight it on this list. And it is funny, but there's there, there's other aspects like a lot of the movies I'm talking about in my list where not all of them are are just a comedy there's there's other other pieces to this one too and again there's a bit of a um of the times and a bit of social satire but it's interesting because i don't think anybody there would have predicted that donald trump would become president a few years after this and so i think it's it's really funny watching it now and seeing that they i mean they cover up that it's trump tower but you if you've been to new york you recognize that building and that's and that's what they're using so yeah so i was uh I was very, uh, I, was del- I was surprised and delighted um, with uh, Tower Heist. Cool. Yeah, and, uh, um, I know I own it. Um, I don't think I've watched it too many times, but uh, I definitely own the movie. I'd, I've seen it a few times. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. it it's, it's one of the kind of newer movies, I guess you could say, for some of those actors. Um, I don't know. It, you, you mentioned Eddie Murphy. That's definitely one uh kind of that uh fits into my sort of next pick but uh and i I don't know it's it's an enjoyable movie um i thought it was uh it made sense as a movie and 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 that's you know something that definitely not all comedies have but uh yeah it's worth watching in my opinion for sure if if you're sensitive to heights yeah even on my tv like this is not i can't imagine in the movie theater what this was like there's some really like i was surprised that my I, I was on the edge of my seat with some of the the stunts and things that they were oh, uh, sure. pulling, pulling off, and it's uh, yeah, I, they they follow through with what they're doing. It's it's um, yep. yeah, it's terrific. I think Scott, you said on the day of, you had never heard of it. Oh no, I I had heard of it. Uh, I'd never seen it though. Oh yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, which is strange, because uh, I've always been a, a big Eddie Murphy fan, especially his earlier. Um, you know, his his eighties and and nineties comedies, especially when he would do more of the uh, the Eddie Murphy stuff. You know, his Beverly Hills Cop, obviously, and and those things. And there's a certain point. I think it was I'm just looking up here, 1999. Uh, I kind of count that as the year where we saw sort of the last of real Eddie Murphy type movies. Yeah. When he did Bullfinger and Life, mm-hmm. uh, where you know when he would do his well, maybe not Bullfinger as much being R rated, but. Uh, then he started doing a lot of the kids stuff. He did the Shrek movies and the Doctor mm-hmm. Doolittle's, and and I uh, kind of lost touch with the uh, the movies he was he were really you know Daddy Daycare or those kind of things. Yes. Uh, they weren't speaking to me as much, and uh, and then he came out with uh, this you know like ten years later, 
and uh, and for whatever reason, I I, I felt like I, I wasn't into the way his career was going, and it just passed me by, and I hadn't thought about it. And uh, but you mentioning it makes me think, you know, why haven't I seen Tower Heist? I should be taking yeah. a look at this. It's worth a watch for sure, especially right now with him kind of coming back a little bit into you know the public, getting back into comedies. That that Dolomite movie he made. Uh, mm-hmm. I loved that. So um, I, I want to see more of Eddie Murphy doing Eddie Murphy stuff. Yeah, I, I didn't know why it didn't do well because, and, and when I watched it, this is exactly, and Stiller's good. Like this is this is the kind of the A level Ben Stiller acting too, and he he really kind of centers the film. But everybody is doing uh, what they do best. Uh, and I, I didn't see anybody phoning it in or anything. And, um, and I, I thought it was I, like, it's not an, an R rated movie. So we're not getting the R rated Eddie Murphy, but we are getting Eddie Murphy. This isn't the, the child friendly Eddie Murphy in that movie. So, uh, I, I'll be interested if you, if you see it, what you, what you think of it. So we're on to, uh, number seven. Number seven. Well, you know, like I said, it's a good kind of transition into uh, my seven. Um, like Scott was saying, uh, you know, definitely with Eddie Murphy, when it, you know, there was a certain point where, and I, and I loved Eddie Murphy. I grew up with Eddie Murphy watching Delirious and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, Raw. And like, those are just amazing stand-up performances that, you know, you can watch any time and just laugh your, your, you know, the whole way through. Um and so many of his movies, his earlier stuff, uh, is definitely a different Eddie Murphy. And then when, you, like you say, about 99, 2000, in that sort of region, um, he just, he... And I sort of remember that because I was I was quite into movies at that point in, in my life. And I sort of remember him talking uh, and, and he sort of wanted to change his persona a little bit and how he was viewed um, as an actor. And so I think that's what he started doing a lot of those family films. I remember something hearing him say something like that, but uh, I think part of it was he was become, he was a dad too. And he yeah. realized my yeah. kids can't see any of the movies I've been in. So that too. Yeah. I wanted to do some stuff and understandable. I, I get that. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. I, I do too. But I, like I say, uh, or like you say, I sort of lost touch with him too when he started doing those movies. And um, I was really glad to see uh, a movie that came out. Uh, Dolomite is my name with Eddie Murphy. Hey, you know, Auntie, I was thinking about putting out a comedy record. Comedy? You've been a singer, a shake dancer? Ha! It's real hard to break in. I do whatever it takes to get in. I come up with a new character. Dolomite is my name, and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. Oh, he's bad. What'd you do to your hair? You look like a pimp. It's all pretend. I just created a character. Dolomite, <laughs> you true. Pull on that. Oh, that's a weed. That's right. Whatever it takes, I'm ready to do it. I got to be totally outrageous. It's filthy. You've got a product here that you can't sell or promote. All my life, people have been telling me no. Brody. Sometimes our dreams just don't come true. A man slam a door in my face. I just find another door. I want the world to know I exist. This ain't funny. And it ain't no brothers in it either. If I get up in that light with my own movie, I could be everywhere all at once. Let's bring Dolomite to the screen. The actors we hire, you're a bit doughier than them. Doughier? 
Hey, that's Durban Martin. I'm offering you a role in my new motion picture. You think you could just walk up here and hire me? No. What if we let you direct? In storytelling, it's always best to write what you know. You ain't nothing to talk about my personal life. I deal with the nightlife, club owners and mobsters and lots of pimps and kung fu. Do you know karate? No, but I'm a fast learner. I can learn how to chop me a motherfucker. Action. Give it to me. Put your weight on it. <laughs> Pretending like he could be a sex machine. What planet is this cat on? You know like me. Oh, yeah. God damn, Dolomite. Great God in heaven, you know Cut. Was it good as shave? Um, like you sort of mentioned uh, briefly there, Scott, and mm. I think you saw where I was going with that. Uh, it's another one of the movies, a newer one, that I really like. And uh, I don't know. It... Uh, it, it's it's my brand of Eddie Murphy, you know. Oh, that's the movie you're, you're talking about, then? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, a yeah, coincidence. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I spoiled uh, it. <laughs> no, no, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, no, that's. I, 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 sorry, I guess I wasn't very clear. I, 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 I was, I was very, uh, 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 sort of being very secretive there. No, yeah, Dolomite is my name. That's definitely uh, like it's one of the newer movies that have come out that I actually enjoy watching. Um, and, uh, it came out, I, I believe I'm going to say, yeah, 2019. So it was just before sort of the pandemic and all that kind of stuff happened. Um, but I would still consider it sort of a newer movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it just for Eddie Murphy's, uh, sort of performance, uh, more than anything, just seeing him in that role where he's sort of more of that, um, I don't, you you know, I call it what you will. It's a little bit more vulgar, I guess, uh, in his uh, sort of performance. Um, but uh, yeah, really, really good show. I I loved it, and and I loved seeing Eddie Murphy in that role again. He uh, sort of it's it's almost like a uh, sort of audio biographical sort of biography sort of uh, documentary style movie about Rudy Ray Moore. Uh, you know, who's uh, uh, sort of a, a B movie, I guess you could say, actor, uh, rapper. I don't, I don't know what you would classify him. He did, he did a lot of stuff. If you read some of the history about uh, the actual character that uh, Eddie Murphy plays in this movie, uh, the real person, it's uh, quite interesting. Um, mm -hmm. You could talk about that for a long time, but uh, yeah, just a great show. Um, I think it really showcases Eddie Murphy because um, that guy's very talented. He he can sing. Um, in my opinion, he's a very good singer. Um, and obviously his, his comedic side is, uh, it's glad to see that it's, uh, as prevalent as ever when he decides to show it. Right. And, and, uh, instead of hiding it with, with the, the do little stuff, the doctor do little, which isn't a terrible movie, but, no. uh, no, right. uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what what do you guys think? I, I'm pretty sure you've seen it. You can check out Dolomites, the actual movie that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. The the real on. one that it's based on. Yeah. And it's it's one of these. There's a few movies uh, which deal with somebody who has this vision for making their movie. They have no money or really no background to do it, and they get this team people together, um, kind of like the movie Ed Wood and. Uh, yeah. Uh, the movie uh, James Franco did a few years ago about the making of the room. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of like those stories. Uh, the other person I, I'd mentioned with that movie was it was a bit of a comeback role for Wesley Snipes. Oh, for sure. I was going to, yeah, and I forgot to. I haven't been casting Wesley Snipes in much because uh, he's had various legal and tax problems over the years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but that kind of brought him back into uh, people's minds and, um, so it was like a couple guys who were trying to, you know, go into a third act of their career. And uh, I appreciate that. I, I don't, I think the expectations I had for it were maybe higher than they should have been. And I should maybe revisit it and sort of see how I feel about it now. But yeah, because uh, it, it, it was one of those Oscar runner up types of movies that uh, Eddie Murphy was kind of making a, critical comeback and a lot of people really liked that movie so good choice i loved it uh it was one where after after i watched it i i, I think i may be even fist pumped and just felt like eddie's back <laughs> yeah, eddie's yeah. back i was so happy i thought i want to i want to see some more what are you doing next eddie what's your next project because <laughs> yeah. i and i wasn't familiar with the movie dolomite uh that it was kind of not based on but uh based on the almost the making of it yes, and it the character of and what it did it it made me aware of Rudy Ray Moore, who I wasn't aware of before. And I started looking him up and then I watched the original movie and I, I started listening to some of his stuff and he's got, you know, other movies out there too. And uh, oh, for sure. he's the got same style and uh, it, it educated me and got me into a, you know, I love those kind of movies too. Just uh, they're, they're funny. I mean, sometimes unintentionally funny, but uh, the yeah. humor is there as well. Um, I, I heard a, really good time with that movie with uh, Dolomite is my name. And I really appreciated how it made me aware of uh, somebody else, I guess, like it's, they call him a rap pioneer uh, where he would do his comedy, but he would sort of rap it as well and just do rhyming. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's a, a good pick. I was surprised. I, it's funny that uh, it just segued so perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that matched up really well. I did not plan that. I did not plan that. I'm not that organized. <laughs> I, I, do, I do wish Eddie Murphy's follow-up wasn't uh, coming to uh, America, but uh, oh, yes. you know, yeah. whatever. That, that one did not work out quite as well, but I'm hoping that whatever Murphy's working on now is going to be, uh, going to be at the quality of, of Dolomite and kind of getting back to, you know, the rumors of Beverly Hills cop four, uh, you never know, though. That might be um, kind of cool. I don't know. You never know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll I'll be really happy if it's great. That, that would be <laughs> me too. Well, they're doing Lethal Weapon five now, so I mean, anything's possible. <laughs> what's uh, Scott? What's your uh, number seven? Uh, okay, well, now we're going to go back to Oscar nominees here. Uh, best Picture runner-up from two thousand seven was Balls of Fury. Welcome. Tournament of Champions. I have assembled the most talented athletes from around the globe. Sport of emperors and bandits like Ping Pong. <laughs> or, as the Chinese say, Ping Pong. 
In the world of illegal underground table tennis, legend tells of one man who risked everything to be the best. Have your grandma pull the car around. And I gotta get you in shape. This guy's blind, so let me do the talking. Oh. In my hand, I hold a cricket. Who the hell said take the cricket from my hand? You squish lucky cricket? No. My niece will be giving you hands-on training. Gives wax off a whole new meaning. You got me swatting flies now? Not hit flies. You hit bees. What? Oh my God! Let the competition begin. You killed him. Well, duh. What part of sudden death didn't you understand? You are the greatest player I have ever seen, other than myself, practicing in front of a mirror in the nude. May I interest you in an Altoy or some Axe body spray? Don't be so hard on yourself. You got mad skills. Represent. Okay, <laughs> this was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't the best picture nominee, I, I kid, but uh, <laughs> this was chosen. Walken won the Oscar for that. <laughs> so this was picked on uh, sports comedy day. So, you know, there's so many baseball and football and hockey comedies. I went with ping pong. Um, <laughs> I, I had not seen this movie before. It's been kind of on my shelf for quite a while, just waiting for the day to be picked. Uh, and I thought, here we go. It's a sports comedy. Sure. Let's go ping pong. And, uh, my wife watched it with me and, and halfway through, she just kind of out loud said, I like this one. It was just hitting her the right way. And it's, it's incredibly stupid. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's out there and it's wacky. And uh, I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with it, but um, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, Christopher. I've always wanted to. I haven't seen it. it, it it's. Uh, I mean, I had two sports comedies kind of in a row with dodgeball, and then this. But uh, Christopher Walken is in it, and the, once he appears, he, the whole time you're wondering, <laughs> what what the hell is he doing in this? And yeah. uh, <laughs> he plays. I don't know if he's supposed to be like a a Japanese kingpin or something, but the way he's dressed is that character, but he in no way, you know, tries to do the voice or anything. It's completely Christopher Walken uh, saying Christopher Walken things and trying to be this, he's the big bad and uh, saying things like, okie dokie artichokey, but uh, I do a terrible Christopher Walken impression, but uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's fun. It's it's take your your brain off and put it beside you for a while and uh, just just go with it. I, I had a good time with that, and I think the clincher was uh, he's he's so rich, uh, Walken's character that he has whatever he wants in his uh, king in his palace or whatever, and including a panda just because he wanted to have a panda. And he goes to show our our main character his panda, and he realized 
I think it's dead, actually. I don't even know what we're supposed to feed this thing. <laughs> and usually in those kind of movies, there'll be a reveal at the end. The panda's okay, but no, no. He actually, it's actually just dead. <laughs> and that's what kind of won me over right there. You know, when the whole thing, place is about to self-destruct. Let's go. Let's go in and save the panda. And there's, I think that panda's actually dead, you guys. And they just leave it. But, uh, so it's, it's kind of dark that way. There's some, it's like, a, basically it's a Kung Fu movie. If you take out all the Kung Fu, and replace it with ping pong. <laughs> it's a silly idea, but it's uh, it was the, that day. It was fun for me. That makes sense. That's a good way to describe it to summarize it as a kung fu movie with with ping pong. Yeah, I like that. Uh, it's a funny movie. Um, I haven't. It's another one I haven't seen in a long time. Um, you know, but you definitely recognize this is one of the only movies I think. Um, this actor, I think, I, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his name. Dan Fogler, is it Fogler? Fogler, I, I think, think it's I, Fogler. Yeah, is it Fogler? Yeah, that's uh, that would make sense. Um, I think this is one of the only ones where he's sort of the lead character. Like, you know, he he's mostly in a lot of supporting roles. Like, he's from, uh, of course, uh, Fantastic Beasts. Uh, you might recognize him from that one, but uh, he's a funny guy. I think, uh, you know, as an actor, he's super funny. And it's like you say, it's just one of those movies. It's uh, it's fun to watch, and you see Christopher Walken in it nearly. <laughs> That's now as soon as I saw that, I'm like, you know, the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? Like, what is it going to be here? Where are we going? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's fun to watch, but uh, don't be expecting, uh, you know, the most, uh, uh, I don't know, comedically complex movie. Definitely, it's it's. It's a ha-ha kind of movie, for sure. But uh, definitely uh, one worth watching, in my opinion. I, I feel like I need to see this movie soon. And I'm a fan of the uh, the minds behind it, too. It's written by uh, Thomas Lennon and uh, Robert Ben Grant, I think it's pronounced. And if you recognize those names, they're the minds behind, you know, Reno 911. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, that's, you know, and other things... Uh, they do a lot of stuff together and, and actually, you know, Lieutenant Dangle, he shows up as a evil German ping pong player, but uh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of Def Leppard in the soundtrack and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's got a good soundtrack for sure. It's uh, yeah, it is what it is. And, uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, the, the writer directors, uh, I, I like their stuff and they've got a certain sense of humor that, uh, that I can get on side with. <laughs> good pick. I like that one. Well, the transitions keep coming and smoother <laughs> than ever because uh, my number seven is from the 2012 Comedy Day and stars Christopher Walken is wow. one of the stand-up guys. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. How long since your last confession? Sixty years, give or take a few. Now confess each and every serious sin that separates you from Christ. Oh, no. We'd be here forever. Why don't we just deal with today? So I kind of missed you. Missed you, too. That just get weird? Yes. This is my best friend. He just got back from a long trip. Let's just drop the welcome home thing. Kill him by 10 o'clock in the a.m. Or you're dead, too. So who's going to do it? The one. You know what? Come on, just say it. it's you. It's me. What do you want to do until then? <laughs> so far, I stole a sweet ass car. Get down, man. 
a bunch of drugs. Nice. No drugs at the bar. It's a prescription. I got the hypertension. But I did some good stuff, too. Oh, my God. I rescued my friend. Give me the key. There's no key. Give me the key. It's new. It's a button. It's automatic. It's a button. It's you, you push computers. Oh, man, this is like the future. Get say a Hail Mary and be done here. I don't think you can Hail Mary your way out of this one. You're right. This is done. Working hard. They say we die twice. Once when the breath leaves our body and once when the last person we know is our name. You're my new hero. I've been away for a long time. I just want to dance with you. It's like the old days, isn't it? No, it's better. I can't do what I said I would do. Mercy is the one saying, Mercy. Finish this. I took the fall for everyone. I'm a stand up guy. seen and i was looking around and like what were the the comedies this one to reveal some of the funniest moments in it because it, it is a dark comedy and it's not it's also a little bit of a crime film uh, as you might ex- expect but it's um it ruins some surprises so i I'm, I'm gonna have to talk around a few things um about it but essentially al pacino gets out of jail and uh, he's met by his his best friend Christopher Walken, and it's a one crazy night with uh, senior citizens who are uh, gangsters or of a, a, a criminal past. And um, I think actually of the film, they're all good. Pacino gets to play more of the, the he he's he, he's just so impulsive. He'll do whatever he wants. He'll he'll ask a dance with a girl who's in in her 20s or whatever uh, he will want to do all the drugs and and drink all the drinks and do everything <laughs> and Watkins just trying to kind of let he's just got out of prison and and but just trying to kind of watch him a little bit but then we we get some more information which makes the film a lot more complex uh Alan Arkin at first I was like well I thought there was when does he come in because I thought it was kind of the three of them were kind of the, the three main stars. He comes into the film a little bit later. He's actually in a, uh, a nursing home. And for this one crazy night, they break him out of the nursing home. And it, it has a payoff. It's a very dark, but very, very funny payoff um, in in there. So um, again, and I, I don't want to uh, ruin too much, but I, I think on the whole, the movie deals with male friendship and, and loyalty. But it also um, is just kind of a, a fun chance to see these great actors of the 60s and 70s come together in, in, in this movie. And, you know, maybe in ways we've sort of seen them before, but not completely. And Walken, as unhinged as he sounds in Balls of Fury, he, he seems, seems like a, a more in control Christopher Walken performance. 
because he is really anchoring the film um, <laughs> in, in, in many ways. So uh, I, uh, I I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Directed by Fisher St Stevens, who uh, uh, was an actor, and he's he, he mostly directs nowadays. And there's a I, I wanted to mention some other uh, shout outs to some other Juliana Margulies. I'm not sure what why completely she's in the film, but she's um, this this doctor. Uh, and we later find out that she's Alan Orkin's daughter and uh, deals, <laughs> deals with Pacino after he's uh, overdone it with some uh, boner medication. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Margulies, who people wouldn't recognize his face from um, from Breaking Bad and, and Better Call Saul, uh, is in it as this kind of mafia boss. Um, but Bill Burr, the comedian, hmm. is, is one of the heavies in the movie. He keeps showing up as like, kind of one of these guys who's uh, a bit of a threat there to uh, to uh, to Pacino and, and Walken. So, um, yeah, if you haven't checked it out and you're a fan of these actors, or you can go along with this. But I think even if people don't get the humor of it as much, I think they'll still have a good time enjoying it as a, a quasi crime film but it, it is kind of like one of those one crazy night movies that guys like seth rogan and and people like that do but just with uh with these academy award winning actors so cool i can't add to it because i i had not seen it but i i wrote down i'm gonna add that to my list here i mean you got walking pacino boner medicine and uh, <laughs> and then bill burr was uh, i'm i'm on board yeah, uh, <laughs> I think Bill Burr was the the one thing that tipped it over for me, yeah. and uh, I, I knew you like him, so I wanted to mention that. Uh, in there, it, you know, I, I saw him live uh, do his uh, stand up thing last summer, and uh, just because movie related and things that he's in, uh, I just think it's funny to mention. As I, I loved it, I love his humor, and I, I was laughing the whole time. And as me and my wife were leaving, the people behind us, I over, I was listening to their conversation. And she's asking her husband or whatever, what did you think? Did you enjoy that? And he said, I don't know. It wasn't what I expected. All mm -hmm. I know him from is the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> he went in knowing nothing about Bill Burr comedy. Wow. Just thought he's going to be like doing Star Wars stuff all night. Because <laughs> he was in two episodes of the Mandalorian or whatever. That's right. The kids are asking yeah. him for autographs now. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, wow, this is probably really shocking for you guys. He didn't mention Star Wars once. He's telling seven-year-old seven Saf off. Yeah. No, but this—I uh, I want to check out this movie. This sounds like something I would—I'd uh, enjoy. I had I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, well, definitely. I—I uh, I haven't seen it either, uh, oh. actually. So, you've stumped. Uh, you've stumped the panel. Oh. <coughs> first one. Yeah. First one that uh, we had two, two, uh, two that you haven't seen, and uh, his Sheldon's been watching everything. So. Exactly. I think I own it, but yeah, for some reason I've just, I've, I've, I've it's another, I do, I own probably hundreds of movies I've never seen. And it's, it's just, it's such a, a kind of fun thing to go and pick one off the shelf that you've never seen and, and throw it in. And, and I think this is one of them, but uh, yeah, I'd like Scott, I'd like to check it out for sure. We're on to number six, Sheldon. Six. Um, this one, I don't know. And this is another movie. I don't know. It's hard to hard to place in the list. Like, actually, it probably should have been somewhere near the end of my list. Um, but uh, it's one that I don't know. Every once in a while, you like a darker comedy, and this is a darker comedy. Is the Cable mm -hmm. Guy? 
Cable guy! <laughs> Let's do this. Slip the cable guy 50 bucks, he'll give you all the movie channels for free. You're offering me a bribe. What you have just done is illegal. And in this state, if convicted, you could be fined up to $5,000 or spend six months in a correctional facility. Oh, oh, please. No, that was dumb. I'm just, I'm just making conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'll juice you up. For Stephen Kovacs. Hey! You guys play here too? Cool. The price of cable just went up. Okay, Chip Douglas, you're on my team. Let's play. No way. I'm on Stephen's team. No. We're not friends. I don't even know you. Well, let's fix that. He's got a friend he can't control. Where are we going? Only the finest restaurant in town. Can I have your skin? Check this out. Silence of the lambs. I just don't have any room in my life for a new friend. So, what are you trying to say? A friend who will not be ignored. I gave you free cable. The guy is a sociopath. <laughs> He leaves messages on my machine night and day. If you're there, pick up. Pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. He shows up wherever I go. He won't leave me alone. He's going to need some tough love. There's Stephen Kovacs in here. I'm Stephen Kovacs. I didn't do anything. Just call my cable guy. At least look into it. Nobody named Chip Douglas works for the cable company. Suspicious, isn't it? You're all being fooled by him. <laughs> he's a lunatic and he's a felon. Don't mess with me. Come back here so that I may pay me. I'm here for you. Don't do that. You're going to get me killed. Oh, Billy. <laughs> Jim Carrey, Matthew Broderick, The Cable Guy. Okay, I'm going. Take it off. That's just one, like I say, when, when I think of darker comedies, I always come back to this one. And I don't, it, it didn't get a lot of good reviews. No. Uh, you know, it was, it was sort of trashed. And, and I remember when it came out and it, I don't think, believe it did very good at the box office. Um, but it ended Jim Carrey's streak. Like, he yeah. Box office gold until that movie. So yeah. was this, was this after, was this after Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. This it would was, have been yeah. yeah this it was is like 1996. Right yeah, yes. Dumb and Dumber would have been about 94, I believe. So he's got and, Ace Ventura, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, and then yeah. he and then he went comes a different direction. It. Yeah, right. You know, so exactly. And and uh, I really enjoy the movie. I I think it's I don't know um, one one of my favorite comedies for sure, and especially dark comedies. There's a ton of. Like I like the relationship between Matthew Broderick and Jim Carrey in it. It's it's weird and it's awkward and it it just it you know like it, I think they captured that and that's exactly what they were were trying to sort of pull off. I think in my opinion and or they were just really awkward acting around each other, but it worked. Uh, it worked for the movie uh, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> the 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 one scene that just that I, I absolutely like roll around laugh during is when they go to medieval nights and and they have the the battle uh oh, the star right. the star <laughs> trek battle uh type thing with with uh uh and and jim carrey starts doing his his star trek uh when uh, uh spock fights uh uh kirk sort of thing if if you're a star trek fan of the original series 
you'll yeah. know what I'm talking about. But uh, uh, just it's a really good movie. I, I enjoy watching Owen Wilson get beat up in the bathroom uh, by, <laughs> by Jim Carrey. Uh, I don't know every time. <laughs> every I forgot time. about that. Yeah. Oh, and he just kicks his his butt too. Like he he gives him a good beating. And uh, I, I enjoy that moment. It's just, it's a great show. I love, I love watching it. And it, it came, actually the soundtrack that came out with it is weird and, and kind of funny, but at the <laughs> same time, I really enjoy listening to it. You know, like there's uh, there's a lot of really good songs on that. And uh, Sorry, I think I got that on CD as well. Yeah, me too. You've seen somebody to love in that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it totally yeah, is. I remember that scene. I, I, I haven't watched it a lot. I, I don't even know if maybe it was when it was in theaters. I don't think its reputation is deserved at the time. The other, we were continuing this, this Ben Stiller type of theme throughout our, our picks here because he directed it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think people didn't completely know Ben Stiller's humor, which is very, very dark humor. Yep. And this was a major summer release and they thought it was going to be like a popcorn thing and, and it became a, little, a lot quasi horror movie in in places as well mm-hmm. as being very funny i i just don't think the critics and the audiences at the time understood that and i think now if it was released today people would be a little bit more prepared for what this would be because we had we had ace ventura and we had uh, ferris bueller in the same movie so people were excited to go see this but this was way darker than ferris yeah. bueller's day off and way darker than ace ventura or dumb and dumber it's a different kind of humor yeah. Um, and it was a risk for, particularly for Jim Carrey at that time. And sometimes when you take risks, yeah. you don't get rewarded for it. But I, I think now people would, would say, yeah, I mean, it's a solid comedy. For sure. I, I think he got rewarded for it with like twenty million dollars at that time. Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, wasn't that much of a risk when you're getting paid that Not much? Because I remember money. that was, that was a big deal as far as how much he was paid for it. I remember, and yeah. then versus how much it made. Uh, I saw that in the theater and I, I love that movie. I think it's, I thought it was genius and I couldn't understand why at that point at, during that time, it's, it's got a little bit more favorable now, but um, people were not, not big on it. And I think it's because of what it was following and it wasn't capturing that, uh, that Ace Ventura kind of happy go lucky zaniness. Sure. Uh, but he, yet his character of Chip, I think it was right. Yeah. Um, Chip. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's still fun. You know, he spoke with that weird lisp, and yeah, and you know, we still act out some of those scenes. You know, when I'm knocking on someone's door, and say, "Boy, see you later." And you pretend <laughs> to walk away, but, but he he captured a little bit of creepiness to him. But uh, I think it was one I, of I the first it's... movies, like like uh, just to 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 sort of uh, comment on on that. I think it was, it was one of the first movies I think that people realized Jim Carrey could actually act. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he can. He, I, I find, I think Jim Carrey is a very good actor, but um, he gets sort of typecast and pushed into doing these comedic roles, like the first, like you talk about Dumb and Dumber, you talk about uh, Ace Ventura, and he probably does those two because he's good at it and he knows he's good at it and he can make people laugh and and chuckle and stuff like that. But I think this was one of the first movies, and he definitely had a lot of dramatic stuff after. Um, but it was one of the first ones where he sort of played that dramatic role a little bit, right? Yeah, I think. I, I think people needed to kind of, if they didn't know he could act, they could go back a few years to Deadpool, and this is a reference to the Woody <laughs> Harry film where yes. he played uh, a pretty out there character, which wasn't uh, closer to this. I also think if 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 they did a movie on Fire Marshal Bill, it would be higher than Ace Ventura. So. 
this was in him before, just people oh, for sure. know his earlier stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this led to, I mean, to the Man on the Moon and elements of the Truman Show. And then we started to do some other kind of weirder stuff that sometimes yep. people didn't, didn't like as much. But yeah, I, I think it's a great choice. I'm glad you included it so that we can uh, kind of celebrate the risk that was taken uh, back in 1996 with that movie. So just, I'm a fan of, uh, you know, when things get a little bit dark and in the comedy as well, it's, uh, it's for a sure. fun mix, uh, for my number six was, uh, the, the movie I watched on Canadian comedy night is it's best introed with, uh, I think the tagline was four guys, five nights, 3000 miles, 764 gallons of gas, 987 bottles of beer, 3,457 <laughs> cigarettes, one last shot. <laughs> that that movie is hardcore logo. Say they make six G's. You know, they take my fifteen percent, the van, the food, the gas, hotel, uh, four guys, three thousand miles, five nights. At this point, you do it for love. After a certain age, it's hard to make friends. And I've known Joe since I was 13. It'll be my responsibility again to take care of everybody on the tour. I mean, we've been through shit, and we've been through hell and back, and we know what it's like, and we still survived. You're like, this is the band, this is a gang. And if Billy's into it, and if John and Piper are around, I'll be doing it. And if they're interested, they'll be doing it with me. And if not, we'll see what happens. by uh bruce mcdonald yes now maybe it's not pure comedy there's a lot going on in here it's it's a you know rockumentary mockumentary type thing um where they're following this canadian punk rock band that's reunited for a benefit concert and goes on this one last tour across canada there's the mu- the music in it is great i i love the music it's got hugh dillon playing the the lead of the band uh joe dick and of and of course hugh dillon of the headstones which i've always been a huge fan of uh, I lost track of how many times I've seen them live, but uh, so that part of it made it extra fun for me to to see him playing, you know, in a movie and, and doing the vocals of, of this band. Uh, so there, there's drama, there's music, there's all this stuff, but there's certain scenes in there that are so funny. You say, yes, this is a comedy in, in its heart here. There are scenes in there that are, it's, that are very, very funny. Um, and there's also some grittiness and some darkness to it as well. But uh, I, I'm a big fan. I love I love watching Hardcore Logo, and um, my when I put that on. My wife was saying, "Is this a comedy?" I said, "Well, it's, it's funny." She's like, "But is it a comedy?" And like you, Jason, there's 
many things it's like just to say is it a comedy sometimes they span many different types of movies uh but there's definitely enough comedic elements in it that yes i i think it does qualify it's it's one of those movies i got excited just to to revisit that again it's been a long time but i would agree that it's a comedy as well as many other things but it's uh yeah it's funny that foobar and hardcore logo because sometimes they those two i think you know while they're different they all very different yeah but they're very different, but they, they kind of, that idea of, of the, uh, the, the faux documentary um, being uh, applied there. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I have, again, I'd, I'd like to revisit that one. I feel like with all your picks, I'm going, I should revisit Hardcore hard Logo because it's been, I don't know, 20 years or it's been a long time since I watched it, so. Yeah, me too. I, I haven't. I just I haven't seen it in a very long time either. Just to, uh, to add to that, Jason. Yeah, and I definitely want to revisit it uh, for sure. I, I think I've only ever seen bits and pieces. I've never actually watched the entire thing. So, and totally. I love. Yeah, and I love the Headstones. Like Headstones, one of my favorite uh, favorite bands uh, ever, sort of thing. But uh, yeah, definitely have to revisit it. Yeah, it's a it's a good time. And uh, one of the things I can't remember what I was going to say now. Um, well, like you, you compared it. I, no, it's good, Jason. You, you mentioned uh, compared it the documentary style, same as as Fubar, uh, and it's uh, interesting that they're both Canadian films and they went that route. But um, and there's one moment, the only one moment in Hardcore Logo where they break format, where it's because uh, you're always wondering, okay, why is this shot, scene being shot? Well, it's because of this documentary, and they're trying to get some gritty, you know, footage, maybe playing the guys against each other. Uh, there's one scene in the movie where they're in a bar. And uh, they do a little, they pretend they're time traveling. It's just a little bit between the singer and the guitar, you know, Joe and, and, and Billy, where they just play. And uh, But in this scene, the background music stops and everything freezes, except, uh, you know, the one guy and say, oh, where'd you go? Oh, I hate it when you time travel. That's something I do around the dinner table with my kids now. And now that my son's finally seen the movie, he knows <laughs> what it's from. And say, oh, dad's time traveling again. But it's it's weird because that is one moment. And because of that, that is just done to show a little buddy moment between the two, but also just cause it's, it's kind of funny. And so, mm-hmm. yes, it's a comedy right there. Number six for me. Uh, and this is, this is one of, for me to say, this is something, this is one of the weirdest, most fascinating films with one of the weirdest, most fascinating performances. I think you could ever come across. Uh, this was for comedy fantasy day and it is vampires kiss. How was your weekend? It's all right, you know. There's nothing worth shattering. He was an ordinary guy. Morning, everyone. Morning. Looking for an extraordinary love. I'm Peter Lev. Rachel. I brought this girl up to my place the other night. It started with a kiss. Really hot. A very special kiss. You wanted her very badly. Yeah. A kiss that could drive you mad. I hate interrupted love affairs, don't you? Yep, 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 yep. It's affecting his work. There you are! It's a horrible, horrible job. And you have to do it. It's ruining his appetite. My next appointment with you is uh, Tuesday afternoon. I'd like to make it sooner. It's spoiling his sleep. Sooner. And don't think people haven't noticced. Am I getting through to you? 
Peter Lowe. Oh, Peter. That's just love. Love? Love. In the big city. Yeah! Don't laugh. I'm a professional. I don't laugh. I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! <laughs> Nicholas Cage. The tortures of the damned! Maria Conchita Alonso. Shoot. Do it or I'll fire you. Do you understand? <laughs> Not the floor, Alva. And Jennifer Beals. You are so pathetic. <clears throat> Vampire's kiss. Strange stuff. I'll never do that again. Jeez. Starring <laughs> Nicholas Cage as uh, a gentleman that believes that he has been bitten by a vampire that was originally a bat and then shows up as this attractive woman played by Jennifer Beals and uh, that when they have had sex and he has been turned into a vampire and he starts to act like a vampire at his workplace and is uh, running around the streets of New York and it is it has some brutal violence, so it's kind of a horror movie, but it's also so ridiculous, uh, especially when Cage gets these plastic vampire teeth. Uh, he goes around these clubs, and, and he's pretending like they're his actual teeth. And we're trying to, we're going with it for a little while, but then we're like, is this all in his head? And the other thing you're you're just so confused about through this movie is the the level of workplace bullying. He 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 treats his uh, secretary uh, Maria Conchito Alonso, a very good actor, and it was interesting because she's done some action movies where she's not kind of a meek type of character, but here she, she uh, he he keeps going on about this. Um, this manuscript uh, that, that has to be found and every scene is more horrible than the next. And then he begins to, you know, it's, it's a little bit like he's, he's coming on to her. Sometimes he's trying to manipulate her. Uh, and it, it's, a, it's a very, very strange film. And, you know, you don't like the guy, but you're stuck watching <laughs> him go through, uh, which either he's a vampire or he's had a severe uh, mental breakdown. Um, he, he has, he goes to see, uh, a, a therapist and those scenes are interesting, particularly when we get to a certain key moment at the end where we are wondering if he is actually having a therapy session or if something completely different is going on. I'm being very vague about this because those who haven't seen Vampire's Kiss, even though it's, you know, from 1988, so it's not a new movie. I would hate to ruin the experience for them. I, I would not say this is for everybody, uh, but if you like a super black comedy and you like to see Nicolas Cage in all of his crazy glory <laughs> and the fact that there there is a famous scene, I don't think this ruins anything because people know about this, where he eat, eats a roach and he actually ate the roach. That was not... You know, there was, there was no acting. There was no no prop. He actually ate it. He got very method for this particular film, I believe. And I don't know how far that went with the, the boundaries of the other actors. But it's <laughs> it's one of those ones at the time where we were thinking, this is the most original 
American actor around because you could not predict from role to role what he was going to do. And uh, um, I, I got a copy. I, I, I own this one. This one is indeed on my shelf, and it's uh, it will be reviewed again at some other point in, where I will have probably some spoilers <laughs> alerts to talk about it in a little bit more detail. But uh, Vampire's Kiss was... I couldn't not have it on the list. It was just too too weird and too uh, too out there. So have have both of you seen this? Uh, no, I, I never have actually. Um, I, I love Nick Cage, and, and yeah, I, I I'm sure Scott has more to say about it than I do, maybe. But uh, I love like Nick. Tell them then. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I I love him, and uh, um, you know, I, I'm definitely curious about watching it. I know. He's got a new movie. I was just gonna say he's got a new movie coming yeah, out. Where, yeah, yeah. yeah, where he's playing Dracula. I, I'm actually very excited to see that, and that's sort of. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna watch both of them. I'm gonna check out that yeah. one, and I'll, I'll hopefully see the new one when it comes out. Yeah, I was thinking of that because last time you were here, we reviewed Bram Stoker's Dracula, and so right. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that one is. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of ashamed to admit that I I have not got around to seeing it yet. Oh, wow. uh, I've, I'm, I'm aware of it and mm -hmm. I've been, you know, I've been trying to track it down for some time. It's, it's kind of hard to, to get it your hands hard, on. Yeah. So I, I recently did uh, acquire one and I, I need to get around seeing it. You know, I've seen bits of it, you know, clips, you know, where he's like running around and say, I'm a vampire and with the fangs and, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with it. And, yeah. and I know yeah, this movie, Halloween. <laughs> and I know this movie is for me. Um, so I, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I do love it. And I think it belongs on the list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seeing it. um, it's it's just one of those things. And there's like a, a, a Nicolas Cage renaissance going on right now, and especially a lot with like horror related type things too. But, uh, and I'm here for it. Uh, <laughs> the more Nicolas Cage he gets to be, uh, the more fun it is. Yeah, he's yeah, back. It's not just yep. B-movies now. It's... Uh... Uh, Not that he was ever gone. <laughs> no, he, was, he, was, he was doing 10 movies a year, so I, I don't know. But yeah. uh, Not all of this quality, I would say, or, or the quality of the movie that we're going to talk about a little bit later on. Here, so. For sure. <laughs> it's going to come up eventually, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah eventually it'll, it'll show up here. So we're on to number five here, Sheldon. <clears throat> okay, uh, number five. Well, like any of these movies, I think, um, in the, the sort of 10 to 5, could have gone either way in terms of placing really uh, for yeah. me. But um, when I get down to the, the top five, I think it gets a little bit more serious in terms of the ranking and in terms of what I uh, really enjoy. But this one, uh, love this movie. You know, I always come back to it, watched it when I was young. It's uh, Grumpy Old Men. You think you can take me? Come on. All right, 1937, it's Todd Field oh, and the ball. I kicked your ass. Yeah, and your foot fell right you when you stole my liniment. Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. Believe me, this man is a menace. He's always drinking, starting fights. Isn't that right? They're both grumpy old men. Why don't you do the world a favor and pull your lip over your head and swallow? <laughs> Idiot. Eat my shorts. So... So what? But after 50 years... What? ...of fighting over nothing... What? What? So? What? They finally found something... Holy... Oh, my God. Moly. ...worth fighting for. See, women get obsessed with me. It's like one of them fatal attraction things. I'm telling you for my 
Jack Lemmon, your cat crapped on my steps again. Yeah, who says you can't train a cat? Walter Matthau. Why would a woman come over at 1.30 in the morning to see you? Just why do you think, bonehead? Oh, my God. And Margaret. John, when was the last time you made love? October 4th. 1978. Too sexy, grumpy old man. I can't say enough about this movie. Um, you know, I I can't say enough about this movie. The actors in it, you, you know, it's from 1993. The actors in it, like Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau, and Margaret, um, you know, even Ossie Davis, and and uh, all, all of in there's some younger ones too. But the older cast in this movie has been around for years and years and years. And uh, watching this in 1993, you know, it was an entertaining movie. And you know, when you're a kid, you're watching these older people. You have, you know, no idea how it feels to be an, an older person or an adult at, at at all um but you know it was just so funny to watch when I, when i was a kid and and it's never ever not been funny um the entire time uh that that i've any time that i ever watched this movie um i really like the sequel to this movie too uh grumpier old men that's that's one of my favorites uh burgess meredith in this yes. movie you, you can't say enough, it. you know, like, and you have, and that's, that's saying something, you know, that he steals it. It really does yeah. because you have Jack Lemon, you have Walter Matthau, two of the, like the greatest comedic actors I think ever. Um, and then you have Burgess Meredith playing, you know, like he, he, he's done some serious stuff, you know, Rocky, Mickey, and, you know, Mickey oh, yeah. loves you and, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, uh, to see him in this kind of a role, uh, it's it's I think by far my favorite Burgess Meredith role ever as as the old man with his little jokes about uh, various sort of sexual innuendos and my 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 cannelloni and and my all, all the uh, the various ones when he's trying to pick up women in the the grocery store. Uh, it looks like Dad's using his uh, free exam trick again. <laughs> well, you got to go with what works, <laughs> you know. It's uh, just a brilliant movie, in my opinion. Really funny uh, writing, and just uh, the actors really took it and ran with it. And I love Grumpy Old Ben. That movie firmed up my my lifetime love of Jack Lemmon too. I mean, yep. I, I think he's better than Matthau. Honestly, Matthau, yeah. they're great together and they complement each other. But Jack Lemmon's character, especially in that movie, is a real arc, and he's dealing with a lot of of different things. So it's a, a good performance, and it has some dramatic elements to it but it's oh, for sure incredibly funny yeah what do you think about uh, grumpy old men Scott? it's it's been a, a long time I, I think i've probably only seen it once um back uh back when it was new uh i, I hadn't seen the sequel but uh it, it's really foggy for me I, as i said it was a long time ago but uh now that my my age number is keep getting higher and higher maybe i'll should look at it again maybe get more out of it like you said when Yep. When you're young, you don't really get it. Like, Those are just old guys. But now it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm getting grumpy as well. <laughs> so I'd highly recommend it. I'd highly yeah. recommend it. Just 
uh, especially for it's it's the the first one's filmed in the winter time, sort of, uh, or it's set in the winter time, I guess I should say. Uh, they go ice fishing and just some of the uh, connections to to maybe uh, you know Western Canada in the winter time uh, are just hilarious. Even though they're they're in, uh, I believe it's I think it's, it's Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, it's Minnesota. Yeah, um, which is you know if you've ever been to Minnesota, it's very or if you've ever been to Ontario. Uh, they're very similar in a lot of areas, uh, you know, especially, and the people are very similar, similar. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah. it's super funny uh, just to see those, uh, those kind of regional connections, I guess, too, as well. And I think Matt though sings, we're having a heat wave, a tropical heat yeah. wave. <laughs> up and you're seeing this huge cold winter scene. <laughs> and they're all talking about how great the weather is, how hot it is. Here, how it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a good show. <laughs> number five scott number five for me i put uh movie starring charlie day and ice cube as the leads uh the film called fist fight Sorry, what? Parking lot. After school. It's on. Teachers don't fight. I want everybody to see this. Hashtag teacher fight. Who else knows about this? I don't need to be liked. I need to educate. I just don't know the first thing about fighting. Make a first. Are you serious? This is the 1700s? Hambo! Maybe the best thing to do is just run. Ah! I never said nothing about no running. Who is you, Seabiscuit? Flex. I am flexing. There's nothing there. Why don't you just take a punch and then just go down? Play dead like possums do or anything that's like a, like a pussy animal. Gamble! 911, what's your emergency? There's a crazy guy at my high school. He's trying to beat me up. If you have a problem with a bully, I need you to speak to a teacher. I am a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> You're a grown man. Now go on and take that ass whooping. <laughs> Not sure if anyone has seen it. It's from uh, what, yes. oh, a few no. years ago. Uh, two, two teachers... Uh, Oh, very yes. different from each other. Yeah, um, I have seen that. Yeah, uh, this was one that uh, I, I, you know, it's kind of sort of predictable in, in the way it's going and it's telling. But it's uh, I, I really enjoyed watching Charlie Day and, and Ice Cube together, two actors that you don't really picture being in the same movie. Um, you know, and <laughs> Charlie Day is Charlie Day, and he's got that that squeechy kind of uh, or that you know squealy kind of weird guy voice and then ice cube he's always got that one eyebrow raised and you know just intimidating and mostly i don't know what his eyebrow should get a supporting actor role <laughs> in the credits because uh, he's just always got that little look going um but so charlie day's teacher's kind of a you know meek family guy and he's accidentally gets uh gets ice cubes teacher fired from his job and uh so he that's it 
we're fighting today at three o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> and it reminded me a lot of this movie I watched in 1987 called three o'clock high, uh, where in that movie, it's it, the whole movie builds to three o'clock as does this movie, uh, in three o'clock high, it's a kid, a student being challenged to a fight by the bully. And in the end he realizes I have to stand up to this bully. There's going to be a fight, but the whole movie, you know, it's, it's shot well and it's building to that. This movie is similar, but instead of the students fighting, Let's have the teachers fight. So I don't know with, with your guys's <laughs> occupation, maybe you'd look at this a little bit differently and say, "Yeah, that would be uh, interesting." I wonder who I'd fight in the school, or how <laughs> that would work out. <laughs> There's a <laughs> you guys. Maybe you two should fight. I don't yeah, know. yeah, that'd be. I, I I think we've had a couple <laughs> students uh, suggested. I, I don't know. They're like, "Who would win in a fight between uh, uh, Jason and?" Well, of course, they use our our last names, but Jason and Sheldon. Uh, and uh, yeah, That's I don't know. I, I I I I was quite rougher in my my youth, I think, than Jason was. So I don't know. I might I might have an edge in in experience uh, in 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 a fight, but football uh, background. Uh, that's that's not necessarily something I'm very proud of. But uh, it is it is what it is. But uh. I can't wait to see this fight now that it's being set up next week. On yeah, I have seen that movie. Um, I didn't recognize it at first when you said it, but I have seen it, and and I love Ice Cube. Um, but uh, yeah, that's right. And I think I honestly think I own it actually, but uh, I've only ever watched it like maybe once or twice. Um, this was yeah. this was my first first viewing of it. Uh, it's one I wanted to get around to and. I thought, okay, hey, Charlie Day, there we go. I can yeah. put this in. Only a few years old. It's not a... Yeah. And, uh, Tracy Morgan's in it as well. Uh, he makes me laugh no matter what he... He He's can good. say anything. He could just like... Yeah. You know, just stand there. He could, he could read a menu and I'll just start <laughs> laughing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Tie his shoe. Yeah, oh, man. No one ties a shoe like <laughs> Tracy Morgan. But uh, there, there was a certain point I, I was just enjoying the ride so much, and, and I uh, like my wife did for Balls of Fury. I, I said like I'm I love this. I'm loving this, and I just was having a great time. It tops off, you know, to me a scene with uh, Charlie Day at a with his daughter doing a talent show at her school. Uh, you know, it brought the house down. <laughs> you know, where they're basically you know singing a, a very foul mouthed uh, rap song together uh, to the surprise <laughs> of everybody in the audience and to. You know, her father, but uh, it's a. I really had a good time with that movie. It, very R, very R rated, but yeah. uh, not. I'm not watching the right comedies, and then this is another one I'm gonna have to check out. I remember when I saw a coming attraction. I thought this has potential. This could be. This could yeah. be very funny. Yeah, it's worth a watch. I'm. I'm going in a, and this is a movie I've been talking about a whole lot, and I think I've given people the impression I don't like this movie, which is not true. It's just I don't love this movie as much as everybody else does. But this is from the female lead day. And this is another one where you're like, is this a comedy? Is this an action movie? Is this a horror movie? It's everything, everywhere, all at once. And I have it in number five. Do we need to table that one? Well, you know what? That's my next one. That's number four. So, so let's let's just do it now. Talk about it now, and then we'll go back to Sheldon for his number four. This is Wang. This is Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. 
It does not look good. second time I, and it helped to watch this it helped with my oscar viewing because you know um in doing these shows where i assign points to the nominees and sometimes i wasn't very nice to this film in a couple categories um but it is it is a great film that has a strong female lead performance you know uh, there's many things and great supporting female performances uh as well even though michelle yao i think is is really She's the literal star, and she's the driving force of this movie, and it doesn't work uh, without her. And sometimes she's asked to do some, like she can do their martial arts and her action stuff, and she can be um, a uh, this uh, Chinese mother who doesn't relate to her her daughter, who's become too Americanized, uh, and play all those notes. But she's asked to do some pretty goofy mm. scenes and do some very broad comedy and some physical comedy in the role and she does that very well. I didn't necessarily know that she had that in her, but she did work for many years with Jackie Chan as well, who has that same kind of ability, can be an action star, but can also be a bit of a clown too. Um, so I think it qualified enough as a comedy. And it, it, again, I mean, it's won seven Academy Awards and it was the, the big winner this year. It wasn't necessarily my choice um, for that, but you have to hand it to this movie. It is, it is something, unlike anything 
we've ever seen before. And it really is a movie oh. that has everything in it, which is one of the uh, the, the major themes, um, and including having a giant bagel with everything on it, which is some <laughs> sort of a metaphor about <laughs> everything. Everything bagel. Uh, I, I still... I still need to see it again and give it another chance. And maybe in 10 years, I'll be right with everybody else on this one. It's number five on my list though. I think it's um, my top five is that when we're getting into like serious solid, I highly recommend um, to a, a broader group of people uh, hmm. films here. And so that, that's why it was number five for me. And it's number four for you, Scott. Yeah. I had one spot higher number four. So, you know, basically the same. Um, this this was one of the most unique and creative movies I've seen in a long time. Just uh, so many ideas and uh, the the visuals and uh, just the things you're seeing and everything. Every it's a greatly named movie because there really is everything going on in there. Um, my wife did not like it. Uh, yep. She didn't find the humor in it, and uh, and she said, "Well, this isn't funny." I think, well, I I think it's hilarious when you know sometimes some moments aren't funny and there's nothing funny going on, but still this underlying idea of what is happening is it's the whole thing is funny to me. Uh, even if, when it's not being a funny movie, if that makes any sense, but, uh, um, there are some of the, uh, most insane laugh out moments, uh, laugh out loud moments, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, this, uh, there's a, it's a movie with a butt plug fight basically, uh, <laughs> which, you know, right there. Yes, this is a comedy because if it's not a comedy, it doesn't have this scene in it for sure. Uh, so many other things, uh, the raccoon ratatouille sort of crossover idea I, I thought was just, you know, comparing the multiverse to the movie ratatouille and she's saying it wrong because for acts it's raccoonatouille. Yeah, raccoon <laughs> you know, there's a, the dog fight, you know, where she's, I can't remember how to explain it, but you know, basically swinging a dog on a leash and, and throwing it as a weapon. It's there, there's there's so much to this movie. It's uh, such an enjoyable ride, and the some of these actors, um, I didn't realize. You know, her husband, uh, who ended up winning, you know, the award for supporting actor. I didn't know who he was when I was watching the movie. Yet he was so familiar, uh, yeah. the voice, and I was like, I couldn't place it. Um, and of course, uh, it was in the end, but the whole time I was like, I really loved the character. He seemed so, so kind. And uh, yet he would switch roles. He played, you know, different multiverse versions of himself. And then after I was done, I had to look him up and say, that's, that's short round. That's, yeah. that's the kid from the Goonies. I had no idea. And then it all made yeah. sense. Like, that's totally the voice I recognized. And uh, it, it was such a, it was so good to see him again. Uh, I thought, uh, because I, I'd lost touch with, with his career or whatever he's done, which, um, but uh, uh, that was the the key. See, I thought he was great in it. Um, was it Ki Hui Kwan? Um, I thought that was uh, I really enjoyed seeing his his presence again. And he was like the heartbeat story of the award season. I mean, every speech. Yeah. He's, now he's so grateful for what he said. That winning that that role started this whole trend of like it was just he feels so fortunate because i think he, he quit acting and after the goonies ran into and after encino man ran into some hard times and uh never thought he would get back to where he is and now he's jumped right up to being an a-lister so that's a, a great uh great story there too and jamie lee curtis is i think she works as a comedic performance i had trouble with her winning as the best supporting actress but 
when she plays the cartoonish notes, she's very good at that, and she doesn't get to to play comedy as much because of the Halloween movies that she does and some other genre work. But going back to True Lies, she can be, and even farther back to Trading Places, she can be quite funny oh, yeah. as well. So uh, for sure, yeah. So uh, I, yeah, I'm, I I figured we would both have this one on on the list there. So yeah, Sheldon, have you seen it? You know, I haven't yet, um, and and I've been sort of wait. I, I I really wanted to see it, and I I still will. And you guys are making it uh, even more appealing. Um, I think we're just I don't know. I'm waiting to watch it with uh, with my wife. I think uh, where we have to find a night where we have time and and uh, sit down and watch it when we're not putting our little guy to sleep. But uh, uh, definitely looks like a very uh, appealing movie, and and uh, you know, of course, because of all the Oscar. Uh, buzz around it. I I have to watch it. I must. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you'd enjoy it. It's uh, it's quite yeah. kind of polarizing because there are people that it's not for them because there is, uh, you know, there's a lot going on. You might need to see it a couple few times to catch everything, yeah. um, because uh, there's a lot going on. You know, the the whole multiverse idea. I do like that idea where every small decision you make in your life really makes a branch and it creates yeah. you know a different path that you could have taken maybe in one world i'm the mayor of uh, the city or one path i'm homeless or, or something but every little thing but uh, uh i i thought it was uh i thought it was really interesting and it, there's a lot of heart in it too um you know kind of as, as we go on with the relationships and, and what everything means but uh so much creativity and that's the main thing that kind of stuck with me I, I, I really like it, but I don't love it. But I, I it, again, it's all the way up to number five for me. So that's your number four. So Sheldon, we'll go to you for your number four. Number four. Um, <laughs> this is a, a movie that just, uh, you know, I don't know. If you want to call it uh, something that has good writing, I don't know. It, it, it's a definitely a special kind of writing, but it's it's a very funny movie and it's it's maybe another movie where there's so much going on that you have to watch it a few times to really uh, sort of appreciate it for all it is. Uh, but it's let's go to prison. The three scariest words in the English language. Trial by jury. I'm just proud to be a part of the American judicial system. Before my daddy died, he taught me one thing. See, the thumb goes away, comes back. Juries are made up of 12 people who are so dumb they couldn't even think up an excuse to get out of jury duty. We find a defendant, Nelson Biederman. Quilty. Do you mean guilty? Oh, yeah. Well, it, it kind of looked like it was a cue. Let's face it, our justice system sucks. On this old rock My name's John Lashitsky. If I had a nickel for every time I've been incarcerated, I'd have 15 cents. It all started when I was eight years old. I stole the publisher's clearinghouse prize patrol van. Thought there'd be a million bucks inside. Caught me when I tried to cash the giant check. Guilty. 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 Trust me, it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. The joint's a scary place. So you better make friends fast. We should be cellmates. I'll even give you the top bunk. Thanks. Hey, John, welcome back. Who's the new guy? Nelson Biederman IV. Hi. Haven't you seen any prison movies? From the studio that brought you Brokeback Mountain. Prepare to be wooed. Would you like some Merlot? I make it in the toilet. 
comes a penetrating look. I ain't gonna lie to you. At our penal system. This here next part gonna feel like somebody parked a Greyhound bus. What's on the menu today? Come for dinner. That's me. That ain't me. And stay. For life. Because when it comes to random acts of violence... I killed my old man. You didn't kill him with kindness, did you? With a hammer. Like the Beatles song. Sexy undergarments. What's with the rub, John? Well, if you want to keep getting the catalog, you got to order something every now and again. And indecent proposals. Fifteen bucks for a lap dance. There's no place like prison. People are betting on when I'm going to be killed? That's awesome. Hey, how much does brain damage pay? Let's go to prison. From 2006. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Um, you know, there's just there's so much going on in this movie um, that you, like I say, you, you probably don't catch the first time. Like just the subtle humor, I guess, is is what I'm specifically sort of talking about. Uh, Will Arnett. Uh, you know, you 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 you've got Dax Shepard and. They've had some movies that were kind of, you know, eh, okay, and they've had a few movies that were were better than others, definitely. But uh, and Chi McBride too, as uh, as well. This this movie just cracks me up the entire time. Um, so many good actors in it. Um, you got one guy actually, uh, Dylan Baker, who plays the warden in this movie, um, and and it was one of those moments where the first time I watched it, I was like, where is that guy from? I, I can't possibly place where he's from. He He's in planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, and he plays the guy that comes and picks them up from the hotel and gives them a, a ride back to uh, the train station, I guess. Yeah, where he, he talks about uh, how his wife had like all kinds of like difficulties in pregnancy and didn't scream and she's tough and all this. Just a, a hilarious performance, and it was really cool seeing him in this movie. You know, I think he's a really good actor, and you don't see him in very much, uh, but I really like him. It's a super funny movie. It maybe um, it, it exploits some stereotypes, I guess you could say, about prison. Um, I actually, I uh, I watched a, a documentary sort of style thing, or I guess it would have been more of a review, where they, they talked to an actual inmate who spent quite a few uh, years in the prison system in the U.S., uh, and they watched the movie and he kind of talked about all the things that were going on in the movie and how that would would or wouldn't happen, I guess, in real life. Uh, and it was it was pretty funny. And and like this guy had been incarcerated and he was he was laughing like he was busting and got laughing about some of the stuff that was going on uh, just with, uh, you know, Will Arnett. Uh, he plays the son of a judge that convicted Dax Shepard like uh, five times, uh, pretty much his entire life, he made Dax Shepard in, incarcerated since he was a very young teenager. And uh, he, the judge passes away right when Dax Shepard gets released for the last time, and he's looking for revenge on the judge. And so the judge passes away, and Will Arnett gets the unfortunate role of being uh, the judge's son. And so Dax Shepard gets uh, him incarcerated, and there's a whole plot that unfolds, and he... It's it's just it's a really fun movie, and uh, I don't know you have to approach it with sort of an open mind, and there's some kind of crazy <laughs> stuff that happens. Yes, uh, but it's fun. Yeah, I I man, I re- that was a, f- a good pull. I haven't <laughs> seen it for quite some time, but uh, I do like this movie. I, I got to see it again. 
Um, I remember there being a lot of uh, a lot of good lines in here. Oh, there's tons. She's uh, didn't one that comes to mind. Well, didn't Dak Shepard say he's a great cellmate because he's a quiet <laughs> masturbator? <laughs> so. Yeah, we should be cellmates. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's quite a fun movie. Yeah, Chad McBride. He's, uh, <laughs> he's it, yeah, it's it's a good movie. I I do like this one. Um, it's not really strong in my memory right now, other than yes, I own it and I've seen it a couple times and I and I laugh quite a bit. <laughs> with it. Oh, maybe almost even a guilty pleasure kind of thing. But um, but when I do mention this to friends, uh, there's a guy at work I mentioned this movie or I sent him a gif. Uh, you know, yeah, of you know the one that everyone sends with <laughs> the shower scene or something, and, and they say, "Oh man, it's a brilliant movie. I love it." <laughs> there's so many funny parts. Uh, I. Uh... I have a, a second job and there's a guy that at uh, my second uh, second job that uh, he likes the movie quite a bit and we just that that's one thing that keeps us going throughout the day if we if we're working a shift together we we just sit back and quote this movie back and forth <laughs> and uh it's it's a really funny show in in my opinion it's it you know it, it's it's one of those things like I said you might not like the the writing of it but the subtle humor you can't deny it's it's hilarious and you haven't seen it, Jason, hey? I haven't, no. So I can't contribute much. I remember when it came out, I, I kind of forgot about it. But I, the title, when you said it, I, I'd forgotten who was in it even in, until you described it. So, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, good. I, I, do, I do like uh, Will Arnett quite a bit. So um, Me too. I'll usually check out what he's doing. So I think we're, so we're jumping over to... Skip me. Yeah, to my number four, because your number four was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yep. My number four is from uh, the Been Meaning to See. And I saw it at kind of an opportune time, I think. And then this is another 2022 film, which is, I'm having trouble deciding which is the darkest of the comedies that I have on this list, but this is up there. And I've talked to some people who don't recognize it as a comedy at all. It's called The Menu. Good evening. Welcome to Hawthorne. It'll be our pleasure to feed you. Tonight will be magical. Over the next few hours, you will ingest fat, salt, protein, and at times entire ecosystems. We're eating the ocean. We're eating the ocean. Are you crying? <laughs> it's just I find it all very moving. So it's okay that I'm not as into this as you are. Oh my God. You shouldn't be here tonight. You, my dear guests, are not the common man. Isn't that right? Is he going to keep doing that? What happens inside this room is meaningless compared to what happens outside. We are but a frightened nanosecond. Nature is timeless. What the hell is going on? I love you all. We love you too, sir. Any questions? Is this bergamot I'm getting, Chef? Yes, it is. Stars Ray Fines as this... Um, very exclusive chef. Uh, and he has this island where he prepares these special evenings, uh, dinners for uh, the richest people. And this is an invite only event. 
uh, which has been uh, carefully, every moment of it has been carefully planned out. And But they've run into a little bit of a glitch because one of the guests played by Nicholas Holt, has, who's a big fanboy of the chef, has brought a date who wasn't originally on the list, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, who's a fantastic actor. She's in everything these days. And we we soon discover that there's kind of a reason why she wasn't on the list uh, because of the profession she has, if you can uh, figure that out. Hong Choi, who uh, got an Oscar nomination for the movie The Whale, is fantastic in this movie too, is, is kind of the, um, the maitre d' or uh, the, the host who greets the guests when they come off of the boat and then guides them through and does a little bit of a tour of the island before they sit down for this meal. But this has, uh, once they get to the horror aspect of this horror comedy, we realize this is this is one of the sharpest social satires about the times that we're living in right now and what we as a society value over the things that we don't value. And they don't do it in a preachy way and it's done in a very entertaining way. It's not a long movie. It's very, it's a very sharp film, beautifully written and, and acted, particularly by Ray Fiennes and Anya Taylor-Joy, like the two of them together. But we, we have some other terrific actors, uh, Janet McTeer, John Leguizamo, who I'm a fan of, is in there, hmm. um, playing this kind of celebrity from, uh, from these movies whose career is kind of waning a little bit. Judith Light, who uh, people would remember from Who's the Boss in the 80s. She's a great mm -hmm. actor. Uh, she's in here as one of the, one of the guests. And uh, and each of these actors, they're, they're all given a moment or something kind of unique and a reason why they're there. And uh, as kind of the mystery of the movie unfurls, it's it becomes more and more interesting and more and more horrific. It is uh, it's a great movie. It had a terrific marketing campaign where it didn't show a whole lot of what was going on. And again, I, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't watched this because it is still a fairly recent movie, but uh, the, the menu, uh, I, I, I like better, I had more reason to give it best picture than everything everywhere all at once because of uh, the balance that it has between the, the dark humor and the horror and just a, a well-written uh, and directed film. So uh, that's uh, that's my pitch for uh, for the menu. Cool. Yeah. No, I I've never seen it actually. Uh, uh, it sounds sounds very interesting. I, I I definitely am gonna check that one out. Yeah, you did a, a good job <laughs> selling have, it to me. If you have Disney Plus, it's on there. Um, oh, for sure. Then I'll have to check yeah. it out for sure. Yeah, because I yeah. do. Yeah. So. It, it sounds it sounds like a very Disney type movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, very much. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Right. They have that star thing, which is yeah, what, used know. to be 20th Century Fox, and and so they sucked up that wing. So it's a, what, what do they call it? It's it's not like 20th Century Films or something they call yeah. it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's. I still find it funny sometimes when I'm watching a certain movie on that streaming wow. service. Where I think I gotta think somewhere Walt's <laughs> looking down or whatever thing. Like it wasn't supposed to be like this, guys. <laughs> you know, when you're watching like uh, the Hills Have Eyes on Disney Plus or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's always, I always I mean, in Philadelphia. I'm watching that on Disney Plus. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, yes, Sunny. That's right. Um, you know what? I, I hadn't seen the menu. I, in fact, I hadn't even heard of. I wasn't aware of it really uh, until you had mentioned you watched it uh, that month, and then I looked it up, and then I remembered. I remembered seeing that poster somewhere, and it it was from scrolling through Disney Plus, and mm -hmm. I just kind of passed it over because I didn't know anything about it. But uh, 
you, you've piqued my interest into it. So I, I have uh, added it to, you know, the list of, you know, 4,000 things I have to get to eventually, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, definitely. I, I didn't realize it was, uh, it doesn't look like a comedy based on the poster. So uh, it looks kind of, you know, it's, a, it's, just has the cast, I believe pretty much right. Uh, face shots and yeah. Yeah. Well, once you get into it, I think fairly early on, you'll recognize, yeah. you'll recognize the, the comedic beats to it, but it's. And, and I like, like I said, I like the darkness too. I can forgive people for watching and seeing it's just a straight up horror movie, but it's, um, I, I, I think there's a lot, a lot more going on. And there are a lot of people who don't recognize satire as comedy as well, because it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's very heavy on the satire. So this is another one that has a lot of different things kind of going on with it. It's where it's not, not National Lampoon's vacation, but I, I think it, it, it's very effective in what it attempts to do. And uh, is it may be, may prove to be kind of an underrated movie. It might become a bit of a classic if it gets enough of an audience um, in the next 20 years or so. So we're number three. Number three. Yeah, so these, definitely these last three are, are kind of the hardest ones to pick, but this is another movie, uh, you know, when I'm working with uh, that same buddy of mine, uh, if we're not quoting Let's Go to Prison, uh, <laughs> which you, you could quote for hours and hours. We're quoting this, which is Office Space. From Mike Judge, creator of Beavis and Butthead and co-creator of King of the Hill, comes a movie about people who go to work. Who are part of a team. And remember, next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. Okay, but I could set the building on fire. Who respect their boss. We need to talk about your flair. Well, I have 15, 15 pieces on. 15 is the minimum. Brian, for example, has 37 pieces of flair on today. <laughs> and a terrific smile. And need to escape. I don't like my job, and I don't think I'm going to go anymore. One of these days, I, 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 just, I just kick this piece of... I'm thinking now it might be more fun to just get fired. And I've always wondered what that would take. Oh, Peter, listen. Uh, well, it looks like you've been missing quite a bit of work lately. Well, I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. <laughs> That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. We're going to be getting rid of these people here. Mr. Samir. Okay, okay. Not going to work here anymore anyway. <laughs> You haven't been showing up and you get to keep your job. Actually, I'm being promoted. Thank you, Bob. This is a, a suck. Now on the DVD that doesn't suck. I might be showing him my O face. Oh, oh. Including eight employee favorite deleted scenes. I believe you have my stapler. And a behind the cubicle featurette from creator Mike Judge. Office Space, special edition with flair. Coming soon to DVD. I I don't know if it I think it it would take the it definitely a, a top three in my favorite comedies ever what one of the funniest movies I, I've ever seen I love Mike Judge uh, you know the the guy that uh, put this together and I, I used to watch Beavis and Butthead and and uh, definitely like that that was part of my generation growing up we used to watch Beavis and Butthead and laugh and quote it and. Uh, I was really excited when this movie came out. I think I would have been, geez, I would have been, uh, I don't know, maybe in grade 11 or something like that. And uh, watching this movie, it's just, it's never gotten old for me. You know, I could probably, 
if I wanted to, I could probably recite the entire movie for you. Like it's, it's, it's that quotable. There's just so many lines in this movie. And, and, and it wasn't until years later where, um, you know, I started working, I guess, in sort of similar uh, uh, positions to being in an office or, or whatever. But of course, you know, I started working when I was 16. But just you can relate so much of what goes on in this movie to every work situation. <laughs> and uh, like it, it, there's just endless comparisons between some of the stuff that you have to put up with uh, in, in your chosen uh, job or profession and, and uh, what goes on in this movie. So many funny uh, actors. Ron Livingston. Uh, I like the guy, uh, you, you know, and he's been in some weird sort of stuff. He hasn't been in a ton of, of movies, but the stuff that he has done, I, I really love watching uh, Gary Cole. I mean, what can you say about that guy? Like he's, he's been in some seriously funny uh, uh, roles. Stefan Root as Milton, who's going yes. to set the building on fire. There's so many funny uh, scenes with Milton. Milton is probably my favorite character ever uh and, and especially for Stefan Root just just really really funny uh David Herman who uh, I believe used to be on Mad TV I think um I believe for for a while but such a funny comedy and it's another one of those movies there's a lot of subtle stuff going on that you got to watch it a few times and it just gets funnier and funnier <laughs> and funnier the first time I watched it I don't know if I I, I didn't really love the movie but I didn't know what I was watching kind of and so I watched it a couple more times and every time I watched it, I just I fell more and more in love with it. Uh, so it's a great show from 1999. It's, it's a classic. And the more you work in an office environment, the more it's going <laughs> to mean to you as well, right? Yeah. If you see it before then. <clears throat> I wished, I know when you had posted this, when I wished I had watched it that day, um, <laughs> because we would have had overlap probably in the exact same spot too, because it's, it's, I don't think a week goes by. <laughs> at work where somebody doesn't reference something from yeah. this movie uh, case and, of the know, mondays or, yeah <laughs> or, or you're playing rap music in your car and you, you know and you turn it down <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but yeah, you know you want to beat the shit out of the fax machine or just, you know milton you're referring oh you're totally being milton oh where's your red stapler and, uh, i own a red stapler because yeah. of this movie <laughs> i own a red swing swing line stapler it's one of my prized possessions. It's, it's, <laughs> this is a, yeah, it's constantly referred to like every, every week for sure. Uh, Diedrich, uh, what's his name? Bader, Bader, he's in it as well. Yep. Uh, you recognize him back then from the Drew Carey show, I think was uh, what right. I first noticed him from. Right, uh, Oswald. He's like the odd neighbor or something, right? And, yeah, yeah. They can hear each other through the wall, and uh, <laughs> he's, hey, Peterman, uh, turn it to channel nine. It's the breast exam again. <laughs> Woo! He's just the the perfect uh, sort of uh, you know, forgive the expression, sort of redneck character. You know, does drywall uh, yeah. uh, up at the new McDonald's and Vascalitis. Uh, you know, he's uh, yeah, super funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. I, I when you start talking about him, I just <laughs> I, I start quoting. Yeah, he was one of my favorites there. What would uh man I, I you say something, Jace. I'm sorry. I love this yeah. movie. <laughs> Look, I feel like this is one of the, this is considered a comedy classic from that time, and I, I think I've maybe only watched it once. And I oh. probably need to see it again because you know everybody loves this and I I don't know why I had avoided it 
um, when I when it came out, and then I, I saw it at, at some point. And certain moments are very memorable, but the whole thing isn't as sharp in my mind as uh, as some of the other movies we've been talking about. So I'll, I'll you definitely I'll yeah, it. you definitely have to watch it a few times. So so many good performances, so many good comedians in it. You can talk about like Orlando Jones. I really like Orlando Jones. He plays a, a an ex crack addict that's selling magazines because subscriptions. Um, who's is actually just faking it, and he's not actually a, an ex crack addict. John C. McKinley, you know, yes. one of my one of my favorites. Uh, that guy, he's been in some of my favorite movies, and he's always seems to show up. And he's been in some weird ones too, like in Platoon. You know, like just all of a sudden he shows up, and you're used to seeing him kind of in a serious role and or pardon me not a non-serious role and then he shows up in a movie like platoon it's hilarious you can't say enough about this movie uh if you haven't seen it uh definitely watch it especially if you work in an office uh, scenario but like i say any job you can relate to, to this movie i think yeah and it's i find it kind of inspiring a bit too when you're going through those monotonous days um mm-hmm. and you know like there are main characters it just decides one point I'm just, I'm still going to, or I'm just not going to care anymore. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he just gets so much more out of, out of his job then, you know, and taking another day off was there's this meeting with his superiors who say, uh, I noticed you've been missing a lot of work lately. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I've been missing it. Yeah. The Bobs. <laughs> just, just he has a meeting with the Bobs. We got a, a character who, with the unfortunate name of Michael Bolton. Yeah. <laughs> Any relation? No. My wife loves you. And I love how he picks it. Sounds, it's like something I would do. He picks the, Michael Bolton picks the one time where he's in an interview with the, the two Bobs who are pretty much deciding the fate of his career at this uh, business. And he picks that one time after he realizes that they really like Michael Bolton. He picks that one moment to stand up. He's been, you know, I'm sure made fun of for the fact that he's he's named after, or well, not named after, but has the same name as Michael Bolton. And he picks the one time when he's uh, interviewing for his job, basically, uh, to start going by Mike instead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you could just call me Mike. <laughs> and then they're going through later on who they're going to fire. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mike. Bolton, nobody's gonna miss him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, just it's a great show, great show. So, Scott, number three for you. I'm throwing the rest of my list out. It's just office space for the top three now. That's <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, just office yeah. space. Yeah, well, actually, number three is is where I put the unbearable weight of massive talent. Nick, you've been living at the Sunset Tower for over a year. They love having me there. You owe them $600,000. Okay, I'm going to deal with all that. But I'm going to get this next role. And when I do, all of that changes. Then I'm back. Not that you went anywhere. Nicholas Cage. Oh, my God. I love you. (laughs) He was so good in The Rock. What about Gone in 60 Seconds? Have you seen Croods 2? No, I'm 44 years old. Why the fuck would I see Croods 2? I've seen Face Off and Con Air. We got another offer. What's it about? You head to southern Spain and you attend a wealthy gentleman's birthday party. I would never do that. It's a million bucks, Nick. I'll take it. The guy that owns this house, what's his name? Javi. Look, if Javi wants me to fuck his wife or watch me watch him fuck his wife, that's a no-go. You understand? That's no bueno. I am Javi. 
Nick Cage. Nicholas Cage? I am so happy that you are here. Is this supposed to be me? It's grotesque. I'll give you 20,000 for it. What have you got there? Divine inspiration. I'm paranoid. Let's just get up on the count of three and run. They're coming! Grab my hand. You're heavier than you look. I have a very big head. You go! I'll never forget you, Hams. Mr. Cage? It turns out we could have just walked around. Wow, I guess so. With Nicolas Cage. So I don't know, since I stole your thunder, do you want <laughs> Sheldon to take the intro? <laughs> what were you going to say about this uh, uh, amazingly entertaining film? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'll talk first for sure. I, I don't have a ton to say, but um, I, like I said, I love Nick Cage. Um, I've, I've always liked Nick Cage. I've, I've liked all, almost every movie he's ever done. And he's done some weird movies. Like he's yes. done some very, very, very strange uh things in his career um you know like uh but th there's all kinds of ones that you could mention that are just uh very sort of strange movies but um i really liked uh this movie not only because it's sort of there's there's like wall break after wall break sort of going on basically the whole movie in a sense breaks the fourth wall because he's uh being himself uh, mm -hmm. as nick cage um mm -hmm. in in a movie about himself like it's there's just so many uh so many walls breaking there um and i really like those types of movies i i don't know why but i i really really like when an actor uh sort of is communicating with the audience a little bit in a different way i really enjoy that during a play um where you where you but it's a subtle art it's a subtle art you can't break the wall too much um but but you definitely i i like when the wall is broken um but it's it's a fun movie um uh, very very funny and the relationship that he has uh with pedro yes. uh i think they're one of the best uh comedic duos that i've seen in a, a very long time uh because they they just work so well off of each other and uh makes it very very entertaining i don't know there's a scene probably my favorite scene in the movie when they they take acid or or something, and they, it is. Yes. They drive drive around a city together on acid, and there's there's been a, a gif or a, a meme. I guess it's a gif going around lately of of all these comparing it like all these different situations to this one scene where Nicolas Cage just has this scowl on his face, and Pedro's got this big smile, and they're just going through the streets on acid, and uh, it's it's just it's. That that scene itself um, sort of uh, describes the the whole movie to me, um, and I don't know. I just I really really like it, and and uh, I don't know. I should. There's so many good performances. Neil Patrick Harris, the whole the whole thing. Oh, but yeah. uh, I should let you guys talk. It's it's. I could talk forever. It's a fun <laughs> movie. It was your number nine, Sheldon, but it, number it number three you. for me. Yeah. So I put it quite a bit higher. It's. Uh, I had so much enjoyment out of this. It was just pure entertainment yep. uh, on so many levels and i love that scene you refer to when they're they're driving on ass and i think that's the scene that ends with them uh 
climbing over the wall to get away from the they're sure people are following him. And, well, look and it's, so, it's so dramatic, you know, it's a like, let go, let go. And then he realizes he just could walk around. When, like, when, like, when the Pedro, uh, I think it's Pascal is his last. Yeah. yeah, the last yeah, Pascal, yeah. When he yeah. comes around the wall, that, that expression on his face, Mr. Cage, <laughs> it just, uh, that gets me. And like you, I, I loved the, the relationship that was built between them and you start to feel it. Like you feel that this is, there is a, a kind of a camaraderie there yet. Uh, also, maybe a little bit of hidden danger that you don't know about what's really going on. And that's right. I was sold on the premise of this movie with you know, and not a, not everyone can do that. Where it's like so and so is playing himself, uh, mm-hmm. or sometimes it's a small role, and it's kind of like a joke about you know about Hollywood or, or something. But uh, with Nicolas Cage, is Nick Cage? <laughs> I, I was in. If anyone's going to do it, uh, let's see Nick Cage do that. Yeah. Um, Immediately, I thought, yeah, I, I got to see this movie. Um, yeah, Pedro Pascal's excellent in it. Um, there's, and and you mentioned all the zany, you know, different films Nicolas Cage has been in, and and he references a lot of them in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a museum built, you know, his shrine to Nicolas Cage, <laughs> where all his movie props are there, and uh, it's, it's grotesque. It's, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you thirty thousand dollars or whatever. <laughs> He sees the wax uh, statue of himself. <laughs> they mention like deep dives, Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Yeah, like, forgotten movie, but I, I saw rated the films. films. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't watch it for the challenge, but I saw it in theaters last year, and I just had a blast. I was I was cackling from beginning to end, and I, I had a lot of a lot of fun with that movie. And Nicholas Cage having a, a great sense of humor about himself. This is probably the best I've seen this since um, being John Malkovich, what they did with John Malkovich. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that movie's a lot more meta, and there's a lot of other things going on in that film. Uh, this was pure fun. It was a action comedy and uh, a bit of a celebration of his career. I, I've, I've heard some Nicolas Cage fans who didn't like this. I'd, I'd be curious to, to talk to them about what exactly yeah. they didn't like. Yeah. Or what about the humor didn't work? I mean, I'm not sure that some of like the uh, the FBI subplot and some some of those other pieces quite pay off. And there's a Tiffany Haddish is isn't it? And right. and she's not given a whole lot to do. But that like that bromance there though, but with those two guys and I think Pedro Pascal is the MVP of that movie. I mean, oh, for I sure. yeah, it, but I didn't, so good. I didn't know that he had because he does a lot of serious roles in, in in his other films that i wasn't sure he had this in him but he's right there with cage through the whole movie and uh and it's a lot of fun and it helps if you have watched con air i think oh for sure appreciate a lot of the 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 action beats of the movie too and the payoff so yeah great great choice and i'm glad you you both uh really like that movie too because it's one that I, I i don't think got enough love last year so no i and, and is it just me or does anybody else have this strange uh, curiosity they didn't have before to maybe one day see Paddington 2? 
Yes. <laughs> he wants, people started watching it. <laughs> he says it's his favorite movie and he's crying. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen Paddington 1, but I... Uh... <laughs> the cabinet of uh, Dr. Caligula or whatever was... Uh... Yeah, I like that they mentioned that, actually. Yeah. The other one, which I saw recently, I mean, is a silent movie, horror movie. So it's... I watched that for the uh, the horror challenge uh, uh, during okay. October. One, one of those uh, days I, I watched The Cabinet actually i hadn't seen it for a long time yeah it's very interesting i i don't know i uh... and, and i like that nick cage had uh maybe some stuff going on in his mind where he wasn't really well where he was you know having conversations with himself yeah. but as a character and what was that the, the movie <laughs> wild at wild at heart i think it is or? right yes. yeah right. yeah uh, which of course ends with he's making out with himself. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, this was one of the most. <laughs> this was probably one of the most entertaining movies. Uh, probably the most entertaining, thoroughly movie that I watched that month. I I thought I just really loved it. I would say it's one of my favorite movies that's come out uh, within the last probably five or more years. I I think this is one of my favorites. Yeah, I I'd almost even I'd I'd watch a sequel to it. But oh, uh, sure. I, don't, I don't think there should be one. But if you know, I don't know if you can duplicate it. But yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know that it did well enough where the studio would back a sequel. But yeah. I don't, and maybe it did okay. Like it's it's tough for movies like that to do well in the movie theater as opposed to you know video on demand now. Um, okay, so my number three was from the Turn Off Your Brain for Ninety Minutes Day, <laughs> and this is kind of where I think. Fully, the the challenge started to work for me, uh, but I think we're gonna be having a discussion about this one uh, Friday. Now your mama told me what happened to you yesterday. How the hell are you gonna get fired on your day off? Damn! Look, look, she bending over. I'm Miss Parker. Hi, boy. Miss Parker just don't know. Come here. What's up, Big Pine? I mean, Big Wine? If you ain't got my money, I'm killing you and him. You don't drag me into this? I'm used to stealing. Get in and get out. Here come Debo. Give me your stuff. You want me to ask for my bike back? What bike? The one I let you use a couple of weeks ago. That bike. Wait! Damn! Count out my money. 40, 60, 80, 120, 140. I don't think you applying yourself, Smokey. Why? Claude, have mercy. Just give me three and a half minutes. Maybe even four. Hey, who's that? Oh, no. Drive by! What's going on? I don't know. It sounds like machine guns. So you gonna loan me the money or not? I wouldn't feel comfortable lending you $200 without a job. If I was working, I wouldn't need $200. Exactly. Now, Dana told me about that big snake situation. Big worm. Big worm, big hole, big... I don't give a damn! I said, they hit it. They hit it. They hit it. I'm gonna kill you and Smokey. You need a job. You need a wig. God damn! What you looking at with that girl for? Talking about she look like Janet Jackson. Control! Got out the car looking more like Freddie Jackson. Oh, my back, my neck! I'm suing y'all! I want a hundred and fifty! 
but I'll set out of court right now for 20 bucks. Ice Cube, Chris Tucker, Bernie Mac, Johnny Witherspoon, Tiny Zeus Lister, and Mia Long, Friday. Don't ever, 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 ever come by here, okay? I said a hip hop, the hip it, the hip it, the hip hip hop, you don't stop the rocket to the bang bang boogie, say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to be. Directed by F. Gary Gray. I hadn't seen, and I had no expectations for, but I heard like this is one of the good Ice Cube performances, and then I saw like, I forgot that Chris Tucker was the other, the friend, and I'm not always big on Chris Tucker, so I thought, oh, this could be this could be rough. But I had it was like a hangout movie. It was a lot of fun. It takes place on a Friday, 24 hours, and I, I, I saw it as. Uh, a bit of a, a community and a, and a neighborhood movie. And we have moments where it looks like we're going to be going into, it's set in LA, South Central LA, the boys in the hood type of thing. That's where it's clever having Ice Cube as the star of it. But there's that resistance to go in that direction. And, and this is more showing, a, uh, I'm not 100% positive, but a positive uh, characterization of uh, an African-American community when most of the movies were showing it as just gangline gangland violence and I, I really appreciate that there were some things that reminded me of my time living in in brooklyn new york even though it looked in the neighborhood isn't really the same as this one in any way but uh, i i it, it just worked for me all around and it's just because i had very low to medium expectations for it and it really exceeded those i haven't watched any of the sequels and um, i could see it having diminishing returns uh in in, in future uh follow-ups there but i i think uh i think it worked really well and i mean we we had the ice cream man and it was really this kind of major for the na- neighborhood drug dealer and big perm chris tucker <laughs> sampling the, you know, the product he shouldn't be and getting everybody into trouble and and everybody is just giving ice cube a hard time and he's just trying to you know make choices to move on with his life but he's you know he's settled for this girlfriend and he's settled for this type of a, a life in the situation and there's some growth for that guy uh throughout the events of the day there i i found it funny i found it um more poignant and uh, more meaningful than I was expecting. And it certainly, I, I had this idea that it was purely a stoner comedy, which I'm not a big fan of, but this one is so much more than that. So it was it was a nice surprise for me. Uh, but I know, Scott, you said that you're not as big a fan of, of Friday and Dylan, you said you've watched it a lot. You didn't watch it for the challenge, though, I don't think. I didn't watch it for the challenge, but uh, I used to watch this movie almost religiously in, in the 90s. It, it was one of those movies. I don't know. Um, just with Ice Cube, I've always liked Ice Cube, and he's one of my favorite rappers. And uh, Chris Tucker, say what you will, and he's kind of one of those guys, you either love him or you hate him, I, I think. There's, there's not a... I mean, he's, you know, and I think he's really good in this movie. Um, it's obviously, there's three of these. Um, and of the three, I think, uh, Friday is is the best one, the first one. It's the most original. It's uh, the best in terms of the writing. It's not so goofy uh, as the second and the third one, as, as next Friday and Friday after next. Um, but there's definitely parts of even those two movies, the second and third one, that are are, are quite funny. I don't know. The first one, just the, the best part of it for me, even though Ice Cube and Tucker, they're great. I think together they work off each other very well. Uh, but it's John Witherspoon. John, John Witherspoon, and I think maybe, Scott, like you maybe talk about this. I think he was one of the only parts of the movie that I think you liked. 
Um, but he, he, he was the he, highlight, the highlight yeah. for sure for me. Yeah, he's just so funny uh, playing Ice Cube's dad. Um, yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah. Just absolutely hilarious. Some of the you know we we've all had uh, moments I'm sure with our own uh, you know uh, guardians that that are very similar to just. <laughs> When he calls Ice Cube into the bathroom, the bathrooms here. <laughs> one of the funnier ones. Uh, you need a trade, he says. Look, look at the counter there. He pulls up a, a catalog or, I guess, an application or whatever for being a dog catcher. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, the son doesn't want to be a, a dog catcher. <laughs> I don't even like dogs. That's the beauty of it. I grab a dog. He just, and he, you know, he talks about how he wants to be. He loves. That's the part of his job he loves is is grabbing a dog and, and beating up this dog. And uh, I know that doesn't sound uh, very good in, in terms of its animal animal rights. Later. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. When he comes home yeah. with his injury. So yeah. Exactly. The dog gets revenge. I guess if if you're going to. Uh, uh, worry about the sort of the the animal rights version of it, uh, but uh, just a really really good show. You got Bernie Mac coming in as uh, <laughs> as the Reverend, I guess right. uh, the local Reverend. Uh, yeah, yeah and... I love that stuff. Going <laughs> across the the way and and yeah, yeah funny. I think it's it is, and I, yeah, yeah, I, I like a lot of it. But it's fun, and you know, like if if you like. Um, I see this as sort of a parody on uh, sort of movies that are about, you know, like South Central LA and and uh, sort of some of the rougher areas of, of California and Los Angeles where, where they, you know, stereotypically in the 90s, there were lots of gain trouble uh, and stuff like that. And I just think that it's a it's a good comedic representation of of that neighborhood and that sort of area that's that's always seen as quite serious because of all the gain violence. Mm -hmm. Um, but and, uh, and it does end a bit more on that note too, right? Yeah. Where things get a bit more real with uh, with the violence and you know, yeah, it, it takes a strange turn right near yeah, that. Yeah, it does. It does. It turns into something different there, for um, sure. And for me, the strongest parts of the film were the non-comedic moments, as I kind of mentioned with uh, you know the father-son talk about you know what it means to be a man, and uh, everyone's so fast to pick up a gun, and you know those I thought were were strong and i don't want it's not that i disliked the film i think i was just disappointed that uh it's just one of those films i noticed everyone seems to like it more than i did where i i thought it was i thought it was okay and but it's loved i know people love this movie and i think i, I just wanted more love out of it and i realized i, I wasn't really getting into it that much and uh, i think part of it maybe as i've made it clear I'm, I'm not huge on chris tucker uh for the most part i i, I don't know now or there, if he's used right, uh, I'm not sure, which means sparingly. Uh, I, I, I don't mind him in the Rush Hour movies, maybe against Jackie Chan, uh, yeah. doing that kind of stuff. But um, he wasn't quite uh, Fifth Element kind of Chris Tucker in here, but, so I liked him a bit more. I, I, I don't know. I, I found I didn't – the jokes, were, or for whatever reason, weren't hitting me uh, I, for the most part, except for the father. His stuff was uh, yeah. was golden for the most part. Yeah, you know, there are certain things you know I, I appreciated. You know, the li living where they did. You know, there's he's trying to have cereal and they have no milk. They said just just use water, put some water. On yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think 
if I had watched this in 1995 when it came out, I wouldn't have got it. I and I think just now, and just some life experiences that I've had made me appreciate um, the intention behind it, but also uh, some of the comedy a little bit more. And I again, right place, right time, I guess for me for for that one. So uh, Sheldon, we're we're on to you for number two. The last two are are very similar movies because they're both sort of starring the same actor, which is John Candy. Um, and I, I can't say enough about John Candy. I could probably, I, I would almost like to do an entire show about uh, John Candy. And, and I think as Scott, Scott was sort of joking, you could almost pick a whole top 10 of John Candy movies for how many I watched during the month, uh, which is very true. I watched quite a few of them. John Candy always reminded me of uh, kind of my dad, actually, in a way. And, and uh, dad would always take us to the, the John Candy movies. This is one I didn't see in theaters. Um, but I, I, I love it, and it's a beautiful film. It's only the lonely. How about 7 o'clock? I'll pick you up. Where do you live? Yeah. With the stiffs? Danny loves Teresa. Yeah! See, I just got lucky in there with a girl. It's not what you're thinking. She does everybody in there. Not in that way. Teresa loves Danny. I would really like to go out with you again. He doesn't have to go chasing some ghoul from a funeral parlor for a date. Rose loves Danny. Good night, son. Danny. Uh, he's got a girl. Who died and left you an opinion? Nick loves Rose. Greek men are great lovers. Greek men never bathe. She's just playing hard to get. Come to my bed. She's been hard to get for 20 years. That's, that's really hard to get. And Sal loves just about anyone. She thinks I'm getting weird in bed. Are you? It's only the beginning of Only the Lonely. Where are our breasts? Uh-huh. You're built like a 13-year-old boy. Feel that stomach. Hard. I'm not feeling anything of yours. You were planning this. No, I didn't ex- expect you to just come in here and, you know, jump in. in I, no. So, uh, what's your good in sack for? Daddy? Oh, my God, it's my mom. Come on, hurry up. Over here, over here, over here. 20th Century Fox presents John Candy. I'm getting romantic advice from a widow and two bachelors. Maureen O'Hara. He's always trying to look under my skirt when I cross my legs. Ali Sheedy. Maybe I'll gain some weight and grow breasts for you. James Belushi. It wasn't a sexual problem, was it? I mean, you can function as a man, all right? I'm going to sleep. And Anthony Quinn. last, we get to sleep together. In a frantic... (laughs) Romantic comedy. From John Hughes and Chris Columbus, Only the Lonely. And, you know, it's not probably, it's it's not the funniest movie in, in the world. Um, and it, it's more of a romantic comedy, actually. Um, but it really, I think, showcases a side of, of John Candy that a, a lot of people don't really understand. And um you know you always hear about like when you talk about how good of a dramatic actor john candy was being a comedic actor um a lot of people reference trains planes and automobiles where he really shows that side of him but uh if you've ever seen uh only the lonely i think you'll you'll agree he really dives into a character in this movie um and i love it and there's there's uh, some amazing actors in it uh uh, Maureen O'Hara, uh, uh, you know, is a, a, a legend, I guess you could say. And and very mother in that, yeah. Exactly. Um, and then you have uh, Jim Belushi uh, as as well. 
It's a very, very good uh, movie. Ali Sheedy. Um, yes, I love her. Yeah. We and you know we've we've all seen her in movies and, and kind of love her performances too. I'm sure we could all agree. Um, but yeah, it just John Candy shows a side of himself that a lot of people don't see, and uh, it's sort of that dramatic uh, comedy uh, character that he plays so well, and we just sort of feel so. Well, you know, as in a, a lot of movies where you, you're made to feel sorry for sort of the protagonist, uh, for the for the main character, and you you really do feel the empathy for this character. Uh, John does a very very good job of making you feel uh, something in this movie, and that's I think what you'll remember more about it if you ever uh, watched it or have watched it is more the way that it makes you feel, not necessarily what the movie uh, says in terms of dialogue. It's uh, it's more the emotions that are 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 transmitted. It's it's a great movie. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. Yeah, I I think he he probably hasn't got a lot of roles quite like this one. Hey, where it's mm-hmm. just almost the romantic lead. Yep. Um, where it's uh, you know it's he's usually plays more of a bumbling kind of you know <laughs> kind of films. But uh, yeah, this was a bit different for him. Different kind of humor. It wasn't uh, you know it's it's not Uncle Buck kind of stuff. No. Where right where it's uh you know it was quite good. I haven't seen this in a in a long time, but uh, I, I do remember the film. Yeah, very very good. But I probably it was the nineties. I'm sure it was the last time I saw it. Yeah, it, it came out mid nineties. Ninety one, it came out yeah, actually. Yeah, and I, I, I don't have a copy of it. I have a copy of some other ones, but it's one I've, I've looked for because uh, yeah, it's it actually very hard, hard to find. I, I think like if if you, I don't know who owns the rights to it, but it's it's out of print. So yeah. if you want to find a copy, it, it's you're gonna have to pay. I think between about fifty and a hundred dollars for this, yeah. which is Jeez. which is ridiculous, you know, uh, you know, in in today's day and age. But uh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember watching that and feeling it was a bit different from uh, the John Candy films I was used to at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and not a not a slight against it, but uh, um, yeah, he showed a different side where you don't see that character a lot yeah. in a romance romantic uh light romantic comedy even it wasn't uh over the top silliness or anything it, that was a bit of a dramedy and yeah I mean, it has the, the comedic moments but it's not broad comedy it's not uh for sure like, the same as some of the space balls uh number two scott for you okay well i i gave a spoiler but, <laughs> but um my number two was uh this is spinal tap very delicate it's a bit of a departure from the kind of thing you normally play. What do you call this? Well, this piece is called uh, Lick My Love Pump. This is the loudest, rock and roll. Rock and roll. most explosive band in heavy metal history. This is Spinal Tap. It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever. The funniest movie ever made about rock and roll. Choked on vomit. Well, I can't prove whose vomit it was. The monumental classic. There was a Stone Age monument on the stage that was in danger of being crushed by a dwarf. The makeup of your audience seems to be young boys. Oh, it's a sexual thing, really. We've got, you know, armadillos in our trousers. I mean, it's really quite frightening. No, don't have I was just pointing at it. Well, don't point. I'm sure I'd feel much worse if I weren't under such heavy sedation. Phenomenon. The numbers all go to 11. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top 
number and make that a little louder. These go to 11. This is Spinal Tap. That's one that uh, you know I can't remember how many times I've seen it. Um, it it still holds up. Uh, every you know, even though I could probably just put it on mute and say the lines along with it, you know, just off my heart. Um, <laughs> any summertime, me and my brother-in-law just quoting it the whole trip until our wives want to strangle us. But uh, <laughs> this is, uh, I mean, everyone's familiar with this one, I'm sure. You know the the another mockumentary <laughs> about a rock band uh, going on a final tour. Um, this is just uh, a classic in you know in every way, I think. And uh, I, I'm not sure what else is, <laughs> you can say about Spinal Tap now, but. Uh, well, Spinal Tap was very much one of those movies for me where um, it was almost like a predecessor to a movie like Fubar or something like that, where, you know, for a second, for a few moments, although it's ridiculous, but you you almost believe in the, the world of, of the the band and you almost think you know like is this real uh, there there are moments of that where i, I think you kind of ask yourself you know like this could be a real band this could be actually as ridiculous as it is um yeah. this could actually be a real thing yeah and yeah. because of the timing of it and the age i was when it came out and when i saw it i re I do recall thinking this was actually a, a documentary about this band and it seemed yeah. serious. And, and then there was little moments, cameos that, that threw me off because Billy Crystal shows up at a, right. he's a mime. Uh, Howard Hessman was there from, you know, I recognized him from WKRP and, uh, but these little things say, Hey, wait, that's, is this not real? And then I realized, <laughs> but this isn't real. Yeah. So I noticed <laughs> funny things were happening and I was laughing. And then I was realized this is actually a comedy. This is, <laughs> I mean, I was quite young, but yeah. <laughs> but it's one that man, I still enjoy watching this movie to this day. And if you have the DVD or the Blu-ray, there's a commentary track on there. Yeah, with, I've listened to that with the bat with the actors in character as the band. And watching it that way is just as fun <laughs> as watching the movie. It's like watching the movie in a different way uh, because they're slagging Marty DeBerge, the director, as. <laughs> You know, complain that, oh, well, yeah, sure, we got lost backstage here. And they show that, you know, usually, you know, seven times out of ten, we don't get lost backstage. They never show that. But <laughs> I think it's 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 such a brilliant movie, and I, I can watch this one uh, all the time. And it, it really established the mockumentary. I mean, and then led to Christopher Guest kind of took the reins and, and did that with a lot of his films. I've reviewed it with our friend Larry on the show. I, I was – fairly hard on it. I don't have the history with it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it. Again, it's a bonafide classic. And Larry's advice to me was watch it again, Jason, give it another chance. And <laughs> I will, I promise I will do that. <laughs> everything about this should work. Cause I love those Christopher guest mockumentaries. And I think there's some bits which are very clever. And, and I mean, obviously the, um, the actors that they got to do that. And then Rob Reiner, this really, made his name as a director which mm -hmm. led to stand by me and princess bride and you know um up up to uh to, to misery misery and, which is which is hilarious too yeah yeah well it, it has <laughs> there's some really really dark comedy deep down in that uh oh, sure. in that uh film but yeah he but just the fact that he he moved from being a sitcom knucklehead side character into uh, and he got out of the shadow of his father uh, with with that because of that film. So um, 
that's an important movie in film history there. Um, my number two, uh, you can call it out as maybe a cheat. It was a bonus. It wasn't connected to anything that we had in its stand-up comedy. Um, Mark Marin from Bleak to Dark. I don't want to be negative, but I don't think anything's ever going to get better ever again. And don't misunderstand me. I have no hope. I think if you have hope, what are you, fucking seven? Like, if you really think a flying Jew is going to come back and make everything okay, isn't that like mental illness? You think you're a better man than me because you have human kids? I have three cats that I love, and in the best-case scenario, I'm going to have to have them all killed. I'm going to have to kill my friends. And I knew it going in. That's how big my heart is. Let me get serious. I know a lot of you know that during COVID, my girlfriend passed away. She did, passed away, and it was the, the most horrible thing that's ever happened to me, and I'm sure to her. <laughs> the truth is, like, I'm a guy who talks about his life. So I, I, I wasn't clear how that was gonna go. How am I gonna talk about that? But then I thought, well, maybe how about a TED Talk? I just have to change my posture a little bit. Everyone dies. <laughs> I'm gonna die, you're gonna die, we all die. I'm Mark Marin. I'm a comedian. <laughs> Very recent HBO comedy special from him. I, I, I've been finding it easier to watch and get more laughs out of stand-up comedy recently than, than uh, traditional films. Um, and there's like a great deal of pain uh, that Mark Maron is dealing with with this special because... During COVID, he, he lost his partner, and he talks about that, and he talks about where we are as a world, but he's also talking about the woke culture, which people like Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock are, are doing in their specials, because they are the A-listers, and they're the ones, they aren't necessarily for sure going to lose their careers if they speak of things and, and have people examine what we're doing right now as a society. And it was very effective, but I'm making it sound like this big, deep, dark, uh, analytical thing. It is hilarious from start to finish. I'm not sure I agree with everything that he says or his perspective on all parts of life, but I, it was exactly what I needed that night. And it was probably the, uh, the most genuine laughs that I had in the entire uh, funny February month there. So, um, I, I had to include it high up here. I didn't put it number one, but, uh, number two, Mark Marin from uh, bleak to dark is my choice. I have not seen that special. I have seen specials of his, and uh, he is, uh, he's a, his comedy is good. I, I, I agree there. I, I, I got to search this one out. Um, I can't remember which other ones I've seen by name, but uh, he's got a, a very uh, a very unique style to it. It's kind of a dry delivery, but uh, he's, he's, he is good. I, I do want to see that. Yeah, I haven't seen it either, uh, actually. And I, I do enjoy him too, as well. Um, I think he was in, wasn't he in uh, a Netflix series, Glow? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that And I really liked that series. Uh, I thought he was really good in it. And he made me laugh, uh, you know, pretty much the whole time. He was re really good. But yeah, I haven't seen this one. But uh, Jason, you, you sold me. I'll have to check it out. Well, and, and the other thing maybe that, that notched up of like for me was I, I think a few days before that I saw two Leslie for my Oscar show where he's in, the, in that movie and he plays quite a serious role and he's very good in it. 
supporting the Andrea Riceborough, who got that surprise Oscar nomination, and to see him in this kind of serious drama about addiction, and then uh, then watch his his comedy and and see how he can make people laugh shows the range of this guy. Like he's a very good actor. He's a great writer. Um, great comedian, and, and I mean, he was a big part of getting that. Uh, he was a big part of getting that movie uh, made because uh, it was a very independent Sundance Film Festival. So there's, there's a lot of uh, a lot of different notes that he can play, and um, uh, I was impressed. I haven't watched a ton of his comedy, but this one was exactly what I needed. It was kind of just before bed, late at night, and left me kind of in a actually in a good a good place uh, moving into the next day. So that's my number two. And time for number one, Sheldon. Number ones. Um, like I said, I might save some time because I already sort of talked about my uh, affinity for John Candy. But it's uh, The Great Outdoors. This is Chet. You remember me, Chet Ripley? How you doing? This is his family. You can run around here naked as a bear and not worry about running into anybody. This is Roman. What a gas. This is his family. I'm waiting for their heads to rotate around and vomit pea soup. They're about to spend one week together in the great outdoors. We weren't invited. Ah, they'll be tickled to death to see us. Who invited them anyway? But this is no holiday. The man is an ass! This is war. know a good time if it fell out of the sky landed on your face and started to wiggle are you gonna argue or are you gonna enjoy yourself dan Aykroyd, john candy the great outdoors outdoor fun for the whole family that had to hurt You know, and I, I sort of have a bad habit, I guess you could say, of, of picking movies that um, I've seen many times and that I very, really, really enjoy. I sort of have a bad uh, habit of doing that for these challenges. Um, and then the next uh, challenge, I think I'm going to try to pick some ones that I haven't seen before or more <laughs> that I haven't seen before. Um, but this movie, I, I, I think, is, I would say, like Office Space in the top three uh, of my favorite movies sort of of, of all time. Uh, especially comedies, uh, for sure. Uh, John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, uh, amazing together. And, you know, you, you can go back to, well, they were doing different sketch comedies, um, you know, Dan Aykroyd with Saturday Night Live and uh, John Candy with SCTV. Um, but they're both so good at what they were doing, that, that sketch comedy, that they just, I don't know, when they came together, um, they do so well. Uh, and uh, yeah, they were old friends and, and, you know, I'm sure they, they knew each other quite well and, and, uh, you can really see that relationship on screen. Um, I watched this in the theater, actually, this was one of the movies that, uh, dad would take us to see. We would always go see the newest John Candy movie. Uh, if we could, we would almost make a special trip to go to Edmonton, uh, to the West Edmonton mall, just to watch the newest John Candy movie when there was a new one, like playing strains, automobiles, 
uh, Great Outdoors, Uncle Buck. I saw all of those in theaters uh, in the West Edmonton Mall, but uh, great show. Um, you know, anybody that knows me knows that I'm an avid outdoorsman. Um, you know, I used to be a, a guide uh, in northern Saskatchewan, and this movie just... Uh, I love it. Anytime I go camping or anytime I go fishing, uh, I always watch this movie. I always bring it with me. Um, it's almost like my uh, my sort of my catcher in the rye, I guess, so to speak. I always keep a copy of it uh, around. Uh, you know, some people talk about that, or it's it's always my my sort of my my special go to uh, movie. And uh, I can't. I could probably do a, an entire show just about uh, the great outdoors because it's. Uh, <laughs> One of one of the funniest movies. I, I don't know if, if you guys have seen it, but I, I oh love yes, it. Yeah. I think I watched it at the West Edmonton Mall when I was a Did kid. You? Too. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's been a long time, but I want to revisit it, and I I'm hoping that it maintains my my love that I had for it because I've always thought of it as a comedy classic, and a lot of people yep. really really love that. I know my brother loves that movie too. He's a big fan of it, so. I think it will. I, I think it's one of those movies that has definitely stood the test of time. And it's almost like my vacation uh, for you guys, you know, like any, any time where I'm on a family trip or something like that. This is sort of the movie that uh, I think about more and, and the way that John Candy uh, sort of uh, interacts with his family and very much reminds me of sort of my my uh, upbringing and my youth. And uh, it just uh, it's very nostalgic. And it's I, I think it's a great written movie, I think, as a comedy uh it's it just works i believe it's one of those uh well you said the comparison to vacation where you know vacation's a movie i wanted to show my kids before we went to uh do a disney type trip or a big cross-country road trip we went through the states to like a theme park and say hey let's watch this movie first because this is like what we're going to do when you want this road trip do all the stops uh the great outdoors we had rented a cabin out in the mountains and in, in the woods and and i brought the great outdoors on, on dvd because while we were there i wanted to watch it with them and say hey this is like our trip it's the same kind of thing right so um it, and kids loved it it's family friendly too pretty much sure. too you can kind of show it with everyone the scene that always stood out to me is the uh the 96 ounce steak <laughs> <laughs> processing <laughs> nicely processing very nicely <laughs> so it's like, no you're not done well there's nothing left but fat and gristle. <laughs> yeah. the whole thing to, uh, it's such a fun uh, yeah a lot of nostalgia can, uh, with that if i can get a couple desserts down them do you think you could throw in a couple paul bunyan hats for the kids <laughs> Just the the perfect Dan Aykroyd character. He plays it so well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was. It, it suited both of their strengths, I think, as for sure. as comedic actors at that time. So, great choice, Scott. What's your number one? Well, Sheldon, you're gonna love this because John Candy makes another appearance uh, on my number one. Um, this movie completely has my heart. It's Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. During holiday travel, some people get delirious, some get delayed, and some get Del Griffin. American Light and Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. Neil Page got all three. I was on my way home to spend a nice holiday with my family. Instead, I'm in a motel bed with a stranger. So instead of Thanksgiving with his family, he's spending three days with the turkey. Two happy clams just whistling down the road. 
Flintstones, meet the Flintstones, they're the modern family. Paramount Pictures presents Wilma! Steve Martin. You ever been to Hawaii? Yeah. You see Don Ho while you were there? See the second show, that's the best one. Is that right? Yeah. John Candy. Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. In a new film by John Hughes. Planes, trains, and automobiles. See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game, hell of a game. To me, this is is one of uh, one of the best comedies uh, ever, and uh, I honestly I get more enjoyment out of this movie every time I watch it. And this particular viewing, I, I was alone watching it. I, I wanted to the kids haven't seen it yet, and I wanted them to see, but they were busy doing their other thing or they're going out or something. So I, I was I, it caught me in a weird day because I was literally a, a mess in the basement. I just realized like like I've seen this so many times. Why am I openly weeping yeah, <laughs> right yeah. now so much yeah. um but i think i just the more i see the more i appreciate john candy's portrayal of, of this character at the end and it just hits me harder every time i see it yep. uh there's so much uh heart with that and and the comedy in it works so well uh i i mentioned steve martin before and he's he's a favorite of mine and he does uh you know that that uptight kind of <laughs> character so well and and yet he does the physical stuff so wonderfully he has this way of of running that only Steve Martin does where he's, he's like yeah. this with his yeah. briefcases in yeah. his hand. And, uh, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's so good. Um, and it's I kind forget of a chest ab- run. It's a chest run. He comes yeah. from the chest. <laughs> and I forget about certain scenes until, and they're coming up and say, Oh, right. This. And you know, like, uh, you know, obviously John Candy's stuff. He does, you know, the, uh, when he's driving, doing the mess around, and <laughs> you know, you're going the wrong way. There's, yeah. and there's, there's not a moment in here that, not a comedy moment that doesn't work. Everything hits, and that's so rare for a movie where everything just it works perfectly. I, I just think it's, it's a, a great movie. And you're right, John Candy was uh, underrated as a dramatic actor, and in here he plays that you know the big, loud kind of buffoony guy, and but he also carries hurt uh, that oh, you, yeah. you see there and uh man it, it just tugs at me here yeah. yeah that scene in the end uh when he's sitting in the train train station and steve martin comes back to find him and he tells him uh sort of the real story behind uh, his life you know like you say like that that i i openly weep during yeah. that scene like you know and and it actually you know, I, I like to consider myself a fairly sensitive guy at the end of the day, but uh, it does usually take quite a bit for me to, <laughs> like, actually get, you know, like, I can do it on command if I want to, but that's actually a moment, and, it and in, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to get into too many, I'm not, not trying to pull out a lesson or anything, but there's a thing in acting uh, that I use a lot called emotional recall, and that is actually a moment where I can uh, use that scene in a, an emotional recall way, um, which is sort of channeling a, a personal thing that you've seen or that you've experienced in your life and using that as an actor in your character and kind of channeling that emotion and that that moment, that scene where he's on the bench and Steve Martin finds him is actually something that I can use to start crying. I just yeah. have to think about that moment and uh, the tears start rolling down my cheeks. Like it's... Uh, a beautiful movie for sure. And some with us, some people would wonder, does it work as well 
the second, third, fourth, fifth time, knowing yeah. that this is, you know, the result. And I say it's more powerful after knowing that because now you For know sure. going in why he is the way he is and why he's talking, why he puts up a photo of his wife yeah. uh, on the table in the hotel or, or he's having conversations with her. And, uh, and man, they're getting just chills thinking of, about how much I, I love this movie now. Yeah. But there, there's the heart, but and then you have scenes where John Candy's messing around with the uh, car seat with the, the <laughs> that just make it just <laughs> you know it's, bzzz, bzzz, it's like or, back and forth. <laughs> you broke it. You messed around until you broke it. <laughs> or when uh, there's the I, I can't remember his name, but this is sort of a connection to your your Spinal Tap. He's also in Spinal Tap. He plays the the police officer when he pulls him over on the side of the road after their car's on fire. What the hell are you driving here? Yes. <laughs> you know, like just so nothing many works. Moments. Nothing works, but the radio still works. I don't yeah. know how. But, it's clear uh, as a bell. Don't ask me why. I, I... <laughs> and I, there may not be a funnier moment in movie history than <laughs> "Where's Your Other Hand" <laughs> between two pillows, and just it's just played perfectly. Um, uh... I, I can't find a flaw. I, I... <laughs> See that Bears game last week? Oh, hell of a game. Hell of a game. <laughs> yeah, hell of a game. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, like I say, I, I think, um, you know, Steve Martin and John Candy are kind of also very similar to, like, the Dan Aykroyd-John Candy relationship. <laughs> and a lot of those actors uh, that, that all sort of knew each other and, and uh, sort of uh, were, you know, big in that era. Uh, they play very well off of each other, and all the sketch comedy that they've done uh, just so yeah. shines so well in their movies. It's it's beautiful. It's it's become the Thanksgiving American Thanksgiving movie. It plays every year on, like it's kind of like the It's a Wonderful Life equivalent for Christmas, and it's one I haven't again. I haven't watched as many times as everybody else in the world. I, I have it on my shelf, and I I'm looking forward to watching it again. Yeah, I think it would work anytime. It doesn't have to be around kind of a holiday season, but oh, for it, sure. it has uh, that kind of impact. All right, uh, uh, we're on to my number one. It uh, sadly does not have John Candy in it, but I. Think oh, I'm, goodbye. Yeah, we're yeah, done. We're done. Yeah, we're done, Jason. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're, you're no. done. Yeah, <laughs> I would have never guessed that it, my number one would have come from Chris Tucker Day, which was the last day of the challenge. But I chose wisely because I think the best use of Chris Tucker in any movie was done by the great Quentin Tarantino okay. in Jackie Brown. For centuries, Americans have gathered together to celebrate the holidays, reaffirm family ties, and wish goodwill to all men. But this Christmas, Got a brand new bag. Now you gotta listen to this, man, because this concerns you, all right? You have a chance to walk off a half million dollars. Would you take it? Yeah. What do a stewardess, a gun runner, a bail bondsman, an ex-con, a federal agent, and a beach bunny have in common? You don't come in on this thing with me. You got to be prepared to go all the way. They're all chasing a half million in cash. Half a million dollars will always be missed. Let him get the money and then just take it from him. She's trying to play your ass against me, huh? That was fun. Yeah, that'll be the spot. So she and your girlfriend, that what you felt? Well, I hope you felt appropriately guilty afterwards. What's I do? Well, 
There's only one question. Man, I ain't getting in this trunk. You ain't gonna be in here no more than 10 minutes. Man, I ain't riding in no trunk for no minute. Who's playing who? Let's make a deal. Yeah, so what's she gonna give us? Are you gonna offer to set him up? Yeah. I'm not doing something stupid. Pam Greer, Samuel L. Jackson, Robert Forster, Bridget Fonda, Michael Keaton, and Robert De Niro. Is she dead? I, I, I... Yes or no, is she dead? Pretty much. Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown. When you absolutely, positively got to kill every mother in the room, except no substitutes. Nothing gets between me and my AK. <laughs> Woo! He's not in the movie long. He's annoying. He's screechy as he is in a lot of his films. Uh, and he's stupid as all get out. And he, that works really well when his scenes with Samuel L. Jackson at the beginning of the film, which leads to a whole series of other events in this movie that should be a classic. I mean, I, I, you know, we praise and I praise and I praise Tarantino, but sometimes Jackie Brown gets forgotten about because it's maybe considered the gentlest of his films. Um, and it was a, a very unusual follow-up to Pulp Fiction. Um, but it is so good. And it, it just, it, it was the, of all the movies I watched for the challenge, it warmed my heart to revisit it. And I've watched it a lot. And I think it's one of those things where, like, how could I get more out of this movie? But every time I get something like Samuel L. Jackson, I think his, his performance gets a bit forgotten about. But he's doing some really big comedic things. But he seems smarter than most of the gangster or criminal characters in there. But he's not that bright. Robert De Niro is maybe bright, but he's got, he's he is so affected after coming out of prison and and he makes some stupid decisions and, and, and reads the, the room wrong. Bridget Fonda was really good in that, that movie as well. A lot of people don't kind of remember her in it. But I mean, the heart and soul of the movie is, is Pam Greer, who should have won an Academy Award for that movie, and Robert Forster in this really interesting romance among middle-aged characters, um, both who felt they've seen better days in their life, but... Everything about that's so well-written and well-adapted from the book by, by Tarantino. Um, and everybody is good in it. And I, I just, the music, the soundtrack is so good. And, and at the end, I, I felt like weeping at the end of, uh, at the end of it um, this time. It was the, the best viewing I've had of Jackie Brown in a, a long time. And I, I've used it in classes. I, I, have, I have watched this movie a lot. And I just was like, I don't know if it's going to affect me the same way, but it, even more so that that particular day. And I was like, I'm sorry, it has to be number one. It was it was easily my choice for number one at that moment. I was like, okay, Ed, this isn't uh, didn't Chris Tucker didn't have a whole lot of time in the movie, and maybe the movie isn't completely about Chris Tucker. He shows but, up my it, but this movie is also it's also incredibly funny, and it's funny in the straight face stupidity of some of these characters and when they're talking to each other and it's in the dialogue, which is, which is brilliant. And Samuel Jackson at the beginning talking about all these guns while he's watching this <laughs> stupid show, like uh, chicks who love guns. Uh, and, <laughs> and, uh, and Bridget Fonda tells Robert De Niro, he just is telling you stuff that he overheard. He doesn't know anything about guns. He's, he's acting like he's some big shot. And, 
and as we see the movie unfold, we realize like he, yeah, he, he, he talks a big game and he's got these kind of small time uh, complex situations going on, but there, there's a lot of great layers to it. And we see how smart Jackie Brown as played by Pamela Greer is because within moments, she's figured out everything that is going on with all of the characters and comes up with the most brilliant escape plan from this impossible situation she's been put into by Ordell, the Samuel L. Jackson character. So I'm an enormous fan of uh, of Jackie Brown, and so that's my number one. Yeah, well, for sure. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Scott. Oh, no, that's a, that's a good pick. It's funny because that's one you wouldn't normally maybe think of right off the bat as, as comedy. Um, until you rewatch it maybe and realize, okay, this, you know, that AK 47 scene, you know, when you got to kill every mother in the room. Uh, yeah. You see a moment like that and you realize, okay, this, this is, it's got, it's a movie that has enough comedic elements that say, yeah, okay. It does qualify. Cause yeah, you're thinking about all the other stuff in it. Yeah. That's a, that's a good movie. One, uh, one maybe of uh, Tarantino's that I haven't watched as much as the other ones. Yeah. Um, I kind of, it is sometimes get forgotten. Uh, amongst his uh, catalog, but I, I do check it out now and then and say, oh, no, no, this this is good. I should watch this more. Yeah, that's very similar uh, for me. Like it's it's one I've only ever seen, to be honest, a few times. Um, I own it. I I just I've never watched it more than a few times, and I sort of feel bad about that because it's it's a very good movie. Um, you know, but I for some reason I always end up watching if I'm watching a, a Tarantino movie. Um, you know, and it's my bad habit of, of watching movies that I really love, but you know, like I'll, I'll watch a Pulp Fiction or a Reservoir Dogs, um, you know, sometimes before watching this one, but I, I, uh, sort of, it's a similar movie in, in it's in it's entertainment value, I guess you could say, um, you know, as watching Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction, great music and that kind of stuff. Uh, it's, it's, it's LA or it's, yeah. it's LA trilogy there. So, I mean exactly it's great it's a great movie um i'm gonna have to watch it more i guess is is my point just watch watch it at the time he was viewed as more of a writer than a director but watch the sequence at the mall yes master class in directing yeah when when de niro forgets where they parked the car wasn't it there (laughs) yes Yes. and she is just on him because he's he's screwing up the whole thing and yeah 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 comedy is there they were they were really uh, yeah they were a good pair together in, in that movie too. I, I know when you mentioned that you were watching that that night, I, I questioned that. Well, that's not really a comedy, is it? And then, but then I, I had to I sat back and I was rethinking the movie through my head, and I started chuckling at you know scenes like that and, and just remembering and saying, okay, you know what, that's actually a a, a good pick. Tucker's feet and that that whole scene with Samuel Jackson is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and their dialogue between each other, like things that I like nobody else could get away with writing these days uh you know about i don't want to go into dirty uh dirty trunks. well i don't like to have to bail out a peanut headed <laughs> yeah, so many and tarantino had that skill where a lot of his movies weren't weren't comedies per se you know in quotes but uh but man they had some some well-written funny scenes and uh For sure. some of the funniest stuff yeah now, before we uh, finish up here, we need the flip side here. So we each pick one that we would shed. Sheldon, what would you shed from your your challenge? Well, I mean, I don't know. And and this was tough for me because, like I say, I, I have that bad habit of picking movies 
um, that I generally like and have seen before. <laughs> but there was definitely a couple days during the challenge where I was forced to sort of pick something that I definitely probably wouldn't normally watch um, ever. And so it was sort of a tie, actually, for me. Um, you know, between uh, Jackass uh, 2002 um, and this Project X movie from 2012. And I don't know, if, if I had to edge out uh, in, in the, you know, if I had to pick one between those two, I would probably pick the Project X. Um, Jackass, it, it's terrible, and I, I don't really like watching that, that style of stuff. I just don't. And, you know, some people love it, um, but I just don't really appreciate it i think as some people do um but there's one part where uh butterbean beats up johnny knoxville <laughs> that that makes it it makes it something that i would have to keep on my shelf just to have that one scene where butterbean beats the crap out of him in a a, a mall but project x uh, i don't know i and like i grew up with movies like american pie and and stuff like that where um you know you have uh, full frontal nudity all the time and and that kind of stuff or at least very frequently project x took it to a new level and and just the i know it's it's written for a new generation and and maybe that's the, my problem with it is that it was written it came out in 2012 and it was very much you can tell it was for um the generation that was sort of around the 2000 in 2012 like the younger generation at that time it, it wasn't really my kind of movie just the the dialogue it was it's basically a, a movie of profanity and don't get me wrong mm -hmm. uh sometimes i i swear like a, a drunken sailor um you know especially if you get me on a football field uh or something like that i the the profanities will fly but this movie just with all the profanities and the the nudity and kind of the crazy story it's about a kid who has a party basically and we've seen that movie a thousand times in hollywood about the teenager who has a party and it gets out of hand uh this one really gets out of hand um they, they end up burning down the entire neighborhood basically there's a scene with a flamethrower and a drug dealer where he just goes around burning the entire neighborhood because they uh these teens screwed them out of, uh, ripped them off, basically out of a whole bunch of drugs. And it's just, it's, there's moments in the movie where you might want to watch like on YouTube, but in terms of it being a, a good movie, it was not. <laughs> Fair enough. Scott, what's yours? <clears throat> Mine was from, uh, I think it was 1999 was the theme. Uh, the movie I tried to watch was Jawbreaker. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I had not seen it before. Uh, I had it on my shelf forever. I think I probably got it a closed-down Blockbuster or a garage sale for 50 cents or whatever. It, it just sat there, and I, I looked through 1999 movies. Oh, you know what? I haven't seen this one yet. Here's my reason to. The plot summary was three of the most popular girls at the high school accidentally kill the prom queen. Um, a kidnapping goes wrong. So I thought, well, that sounds like a dark comedy. Sounds like something that maybe I could, you know, package in from that 1999 time frame uh i just i couldn't stand a moment of this film uh, it seemed like uh it seemed like the movie thought it was being heathers yeah. but without any of the uh the smart writing of heathers or the the acting or i i, I couldn't get into it at all I was, I was waiting for and i love a dark comedy but i was waiting for it, it just seemed not dark it just seemed mean yeah. If that's uh, okay, but uh, I don't know. I I'll tell you the truth. I I couldn't even get all the way through it because I realized how much I was hating this. I sat through most of it, and uh, 
and I, I just was not working well. I mean, here's the truth. I, we didn't sit all the way through it. My wife was with me. I said, I hate this movie. And she goes, I hate it too. Is this, is this a comedy? I said, I don't know. Yeah. And then, so I put in big daddy with Adam Sandler <laughs> after just to cleanse it. Yes. And big daddy never seemed like a better movie <laughs> than it did that day. Cause it made me happy again. Then truth be told, I felt guilty. He said, you know what? I have to finish the movie. After my wife went to bed, I watched the last 20 minutes or whatever of Jawbreaker, and I, and I still hated it. So yeah, that uh, it ended up just just chucked. So it, it literally got shedded from the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> For you, my choice was, this is the second worst movie I saw, but the other one, based on the theme itself, I had no choice. So I, 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 w- I can't sort of go in that direction that that was the one that I would shed because it was it was connected to the theme so uh instead I went on the Canadian comedy day I did not enjoy the interview at all I, I thought there might be some great satirical beats in there and I remember the controversy around this when you know the again similar tabloid type of show and they go over to North Korea and interview uh, a dictator and um and you know all, all this international tension and they thought it was going to set off a war or something but it's not funny there there's no. one the only reason it's not the worst one i saw was because there's a clever scene at the beginning with eminem being interviewed uh yes. and then eminem uh admitting that he's a homosexual and then they're all excited because they got this uh, you know <laughs> wait <freak>. what <laughs> eminem probably gives the best performance in the movie rogan's fine but Franco is so annoying in this movie. I mean, I could not stand. I, I it could not be done soon enough because he was he he was so frustratingly annoying. I mean, I, I I've liked him in some other movies. He was a guy I spotted when he was pretty young and said this guy's a future. But th- this was the worst performance I've ever seen by him. And uh, I, I've talked to some people since who don't like his acting and said, well, you really need to avoid this movie uh, because once they get to North Korea, they don't do anything interesting and. I don't believe any of the aspects of this being like a, an actual television program and any of the other pieces. It, it was just maddening how bad it was. <laughs> it was. It was one of the worst movies I've seen in a while, yet later in the month I saw a movie that was even worse. So uh, but that's the one I would shed. I don't own a copy of the interview or else I would uh, get, get rid of a physical copy of it. But uh, that was the one I would uh, shed from my... Uh, Funny February challenge. So. That's a good one to shed. Sadly, I own a copy, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I never watch it. <laughs> I, somehow, I, I get some enjoyment out of it. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know. It's I'm not. Know. A, I'm glad you do. I, it's just not for me. I guess it's, it's, it's not. Thing. Yeah, like I could see like moments. It, it's okay, but then uh, it, it, as a whole, I can't really watch it. Thank you, gentlemen, for being on here and just mention as I usually do the podcasts. Uh, rank and review, schlock and awe, film feast, a lifetime of Hallmark, all friends of the show. And thank you so much for uh, joining us for another one of these epic top 10 shows. And I'm sure with Action April coming up, we'll, the three of us will talk again in the not too distant future about <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, action movies. And uh, until then, just uh, be safe and be kind to one another.